2: After over 250 hours of bringing the best to you, Rick and Jean, are going to them. Welcome to Everyday Connection on the Road with your hosts, Rick O'Shields and Jean Victoria Norlock, bringing your inner life to your entire world. Welcome everybody to this first special edition of Everyday Connection on the Road. I'm Rick Shields, and just to my right, about six inches, is Jean Victoria Norlock. How are you, Jean?
3: I'm hot. <laughs>
2: yeah, it's a little <laughs> you know, warm. It's,
3: it's what, what month is this? Somebody tell me. I don't know. I'm Canadian. March. So. It's March. I'm 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 sweating in March. This is awesome.
2: Yeah, she so left awesome. snow to come down here.
3: It's I, so awesome. I left
2: Houston. I was sweating there. I'm sweating here. It's just you know. No sweat.
3: I'm right, My sunglasses on, I'm all sweated up, baseball cap, I'm good to go. Bring it on, baby. This is this is brilliant.
2: It is. It's it's a tremendous amount of fun. We're having a lot of fun just being here and being able to bring all you guys with us so that we can share the fun, share the uh uh adventure. Um uh, and we'll we'll do a little of that in and amongst in between. Uh we have several authors that are gonna join us tonight. And uh just to be sure that we had authors right from the beginning. We have our very own Jean Victoria Norlock. Y'all knew she had three books and a collaborative book out, right?
3: <laughs> of course they did. Of they course them they did. The show.
2: <laughs> but um,
3: but I think before we before we bring the authors in, I think I think we have to take a minute first to thank our host here at the Mango Tree. Absolutely.
2: We absolutely. have to thank uh, Rosemary. <laughs> she is just a treasure.
3: You wow. Rosemary McGregor. We can't wait McGregor. to bring her to you guys because she's going to blow your mind and. Um, of course, this is one of the most beautiful spots i've ever I've ever had the pleasure to stay in it's just absolutely stunningly gorgeous waking up to birds, going to sleep to birds it's just i don't need, i don't have words and of course, the other thing that we have to thank is I think we have to shout out to uh, our our friend Scott Kennedy for his gift of sea veg
2: oh absolutely
3: that has enabled us to return to a state of health that is actually allowing us to Endure the extended hours that, that have gone along with being on the road, and: I,
2: six months ago, maybe not too bad, but a year ago this might have killed me, certainly a, would have hospitalized me
3: there's no way six months ago, I could have possibly possibly managed to keep up this pace and to do it with such a sense of joy and, and adventure so um, I don't know, Scott, if you're listening, we love you. We love your, your gifts that you've brought to the world. And, and for our fans, our friends, our, ah, I hate that word, fans. Our friends, fans. And, fam- our friends and family. <laughs> our friends and family out there. Um, you know, we've posted a couple of videos on YouTube about Seaveg. veg There's more to come. And um, I can't say enough good things about this, about this product. It has literally changed and transformed my life in a very short period of time. I think I'm on my second month. I'm just past 60 days of taking it, and uh, I, I don't even recognize illness in my body anymore. I'm, I'm finally healthy for the first time in my life. So Scott, thank you. Thank you. It's an incredible gift that you've you've brought to us.
2: And it, it certainly has changed mine as well. I, uh, uh, three months ago when I started, I, I got a little head start because shipping to Houston's faster than to uh, Montreal and Absolutely. outskirts
4: but um,
2: um it 3 months ago this would have been entirely inconceivable to come here and not only that but uh you know the first 48 hours were spent up all day I people that know me know that I generally rest in the afternoon so that I can actually have an evening and uh and I've done it with uh, a minimum of pain and uh, you know, probably against doctor's recommendations, except I didn't ask.
3: <laughs> and for those of you who know Rick well, he's done it with a smile on his face for most of the journey. Um, incredible. I, I am privileged and honored to, to bear witness to this, this vast improvement in his health and well-being, not just in my own, but, but in his as well. I, I I couldn't have predicted this to have gone as well as it did. I don't think either of us, could have envisioned you to make it this far this fast.
2: No, no, not at all. Dispel. Not at all. This um, this was not even really in my realm of
3: possibilities
2: reality yeah possibility and and scott came and told us that it was possible and we weren't too sure he sounded a bit over the top
3: he he told me i could have it all he said i could be the wife be the mom be the author be the radio show host i could travel the world i could be at home i could take care of everything and do it all and still be happy and still be full of joy and still be feeling healthy and not tired and not exhausted and not frustrated and i i was like just send me the bloody pills because i'll have to test them myself and you know what I, he wasn't lying. <laughs> yeah, and
2: I know for the first month, if you'll, it, it, you know, you'll hear on some future videos that we're going to be making about the seabed story as it went along. Um, there was a while there that Jane was really kind of waiting for the other shoe to drop. I was,
3: I was waiting for the crash, and now I know it's not coming.
2: Fibromyalgia sufferers have been told over and over again, uh, "This is going to fix it," and they feel good for a, a week, yeah, ten days, maybe, and 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 two weeks if you're really fortunate, and then you just crash right back as bad or worse than before.
3: It's always crash.
2: And there has been no crash. And
3: uh, no. Um, Do I look sick to you? <laughs> Do I sound sick to you? I don't because I'm not. I am disease-free.
2: And we will get to show you some of this. <laughs> um, our good friend uh, Gabriel is uh, taping off and on through last night's show, today's show, and uh, and I believe he's going to be joining us tomorrow. Uh, he's going to be telling us about what he's doing down here, uh, some of the fantastic things that, uh, that he's bringing together. And, uh, well, there's just no telling what all we may have to do tomorrow because oh, wow. Rosemary's going to be here, Gabriel's going to be here. We could have a raw food guy. We're just trying to figure out the communication and technical things. It's not quite the same down here as it is in the States. You just pick up the phone and they got a cell phone, a pager, and a thing and a it's you know
3: it's a little different. Um, but you know what is it's a great, fantastic kind of different and I can't be more grateful for this opportunity and this experience. I really can. I'm just
2: and to be in a remote
3: I'm so <laughs> well
2: a well off the beaten path, we'll call it that. It's not the middle of nowhere. It's definitely the middle of somewhere. But off the beaten path yeah. out in the rainforest, I mean we are surrounded with the flora and fauna of the rainforest. It has been an amazing journey so far, and uh, uh, the the sounds, the sights, the smells. I, I you got to come, okay? Yeah.
3: We, we, yeah, you Look at
2: themangotreespa.com. dot right. com. Check it out. www w- dot your the, mind. Spa dot com and. Um, you know, check out some of the pictures there. That's where we are.
3: You'll never meet a hostess like Rosemary. I guarantee you that. She is light made flesh.
2: Absolutely. And, uh, you know, no shenanigans, but, <laughs> you know, uh, you got your own kitchen, you got your own fridge. You get to do your own thing or, you know, you can get Rosemary to do it. She'll fix your breakfast. We had breakfast this morning sitting here with the the uh, kiskadees and uh, I saw a couple of parrots earlier uh, or at least the, kind of what they looked like. They were a bright red body and blue wings. and. We saw
3: a Jesus Lizard today on Easter weekend.
2: Jesus Lizard on How Easter weekend. I amazing that?
3: Jesus Lizard on Easter weekend? So, How appropriate.
2: In case you were wondering yeah. where he was, he was hanging He's on a saying. fence outside <laughs> the <laughs> Ropa Americana store.
3: Uh, what's Jesus doing on Good Friday?
2: He's hanging out on a
3: fence. Yeah, in yeah. In Costa
2: Rica. Absolutely. Absolutely. But um, we've got a great crowd in the uh, chat room tonight, in, uh, including... Uh, young lady that we're both quite fond of and I'm really fond of so I have to give a shout out to uh my goddaughter daughter, Amy Amy Hi
3: Amy uh, we, we share love
2: you. parentage on that it's a spiritual parentage but that's the best kind and uh, and then also our uh, well I'll have to call him schoolboy just so he can laugh really hard over there except he's probably going Really? Dude.
3: My adopted son?
2: Yes. uh Travis, Travis? and uh that's so funny. Amy and Travis are there and uh uh we've got several guests also in the chat room. Welcome everybody.
3: And of course um, my love always to my family at home. I love you guys so much and I miss you, um, Madison, Pascal, my demon. You guys make it all worthwhile. So And my
2: little puppy Molly happens to be with Amy and Travis, so I've got the whole the whole family online here. And
3: um And Natalie is taking care of my house. I got a Oh, sorry, Natasha who's sitting of my house right now. I gotta give you a shout out too. And a, a grateful big heart gratitude.
2: And big love to our podcast listeners as well. You're simply legion. There are thousands of you and we know you're there and we yes, love amazing. each and every one of you.
3: We absolutely do. We're so grateful. You just it, you made this a phenomenal experience for us.
2: Really, really have. So Again, we're looking forward to it. We've got three hours tonight. That's double our usually, uh, usual program length, so we've got plenty of time to get everybody's story in. Uh, we're we're going to have, uh, of course, our own Jean Victoria Norlock. Brian Kennard is going to be joining us. Can't wait. Um, and also Billy Best. Um, I'm
3: really excited about him. Brian's Brian got on some great stuff.
2: Brian's been with us before on the show. Uh, he's definitely EC family. He's also he's, Jane's publisher.
3: He's my personal angel. He's my little personal angel that um, that rescued me in my time of need when I needed to to find a an independent publisher of truth that wasn't a big company but that could stand behind what I believed in. And, and Brian really has done that. So I'm I'm so delighted to have him on the show tonight because he's not only a phenomenal businessman. A publisher, but he's also a great author. I've read his book, and it's pretty damn good. It's really good, and and so I I I highly suggest
2: you do. When we when we when we're talking, we're going to get you plenty of links to everybody's books, so you can find them. Yeah. And uh, and then we're also going to have with us Billy Best. Um, Many of you, many of our states' listeners, may remember a tremendous FBI manhunt for this (laughs) teenager who was put on chemotherapy. And he's he was like, look, this is going to kill me. I can't have it. So he ran away. from. He didn't run away from home. He didn't want to run away from his parents. He ran away from chemotherapy. And
3: uh, I'll tell you what, he's fine.
2: Yeah, yeah. That fine. was some 18 years ago, he's I believe. He's out for and,
3: skateboarding and ripping it up and writing books and having a grand old time and enjoying life. So we can't wait to get him on the show. So that's
2: an amazing story, and we're going to hear part of it. And uh, But I would definitely recommend his book. Uh, the Billy Best story uh, because uh, like I said, he's got my eternal respect for having the gumption as yeah. a child basically as considered in our society to say, look, I'm not going to have this. This yeah. is not okay with me.
4: Yeah.
2: And and if it takes running away, that's cool. And Good for uh, you. it was actually the media attention from all of that that helped to work it out. But we'll get details on that with, from Billy himself. Um, we do have a caller, it's probably one of our guests, but since I don't know everybody's phone number by heart, I don't know, so we'll see <laughs>
4: <I know. laughs>
2: We do have a caller on the line, and uh, who might you be?
1: uh, this is Brian Kennard hey, hey Brian how you, how how you, are you doing? <laughs> just Jim Dandy.
3: Oh, I love your accent every time I talk to you and your wife I just wanna uh I just wanna hug you. um see, and I never
1: think that I have an accent, so.
3: Of course, you don't think you have an accent. <laughs> it sounds normal
1: so. down here. I don't yeah, think well, I have an I,
3: accent either, but everybody tells me. <laughs> I yeah,
2: I don't think so either, but but people always tell me they love my Texas accent. I'm like, really? We don't have that down here. Y'all no, don't know. No. We don't got none of that.
1: No, not not <laughs> well, around
2: here. Well, welcome back, Brian. It's uh, thrilled to have you back with us. Our uh pleasure. Oh, thanks Hi. for
1: having me on.
2: And uh, so we're gonna. We're going to chat about everybody's books, and 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 having you on with us while we talk about Jane's book, and talk Jane with us while we talk about your book is just ideal, since you're her publisher. Because that's one of the things I want to talk to you about too. Is sure is, is how you got to be a publisher, because uh, that's an interesting story.
3: It, it is an interesting story, and um, one that I have great respect for. I mean, I we just not all of us have that kind of courage and drive, really, at the end of the day. And and you really took something that you saw was maybe not going to work in the future for the writing industry, and you ran with it. And I have so much appreciation for that. And and especially, you know, I mean, that you're my publisher, great, but just you as a human being, individual, regardless of whether you're my publisher or not, it, I still have respect for what you've done because I think that people need to hear why you did it and, and what where that's led you because you've had some grand success in the last couple of years. You've really um, taken that little tiny company of yours and kind of blown it out of the water. I don't think anybody...
2: <laughs> you've done
5: great well,
1: staying there. Well, thank you all. Gosh, I'm blushing now if you could see me, but I I appreciate that. and But none of... Uh, let me preface my story with I would never have been able to, to done any of this without my wife Laura. She's sitting over here shaking her head like you always say that and it always embarrasses me, but it's a God's honest truth.
3: It is, Laura, but, if you're listening, honey, I know this because she when I hooked up with Brian, it was early on in his his publishing career and um I'm telling you, I've never seen so much support. Well, I have. I have seen it in my own other half, and I'm grateful for that because you really exemplify what it means to uplift your other half, to bring them to their highest good, and that, that's what she's done. She does it not just by supporting you, but by supporting your authors directly because I've had conversations with her when I'm down, and she's brought me up to places that I didn't – I didn't know I could attain, so...
1: Yeah, she's once again sitting over here saying thank you and shaking her head like, Oh shucks, not me, but, yeah, oh shucks her. But my... I work... My, from the time I got out of college, I started running small businesses, and my background was in retail management before, uh, before and during college and then after college. And I started working... Gosh, uh 1997-98, working for a rather large chain grocery store uh, as a store manager, actually the second largest grocery chain in the world, and was a store manager for them for a number of years, which is a, a job that's a lot harder than most people would think that it was, and I made a lot of money doing it, but I would get... I work seven days a week, whether I wanted to or not, and I got calls at 2 o'clock in the morning when the freezers went down or when my night crew was at each other's throats and dealt with uh, shifting corporate ethics. Uh, I guess I can say that since I didn't mention the name of the company. Uh, <laughs> but um, we'll leave that at that because I really don't want to get sued by anyone, although I'm oh, no. sure they wouldn't. Uh, but... Eleven years into that life, I you know, I had a gosh, Robert was what, eight or nine at that point, um, our son, and through a series of events, Laura looked at me one day and said, You're miserable I was like, Well, yeah, of course I am.
4: <laughs> what am I gonna do? I mean, you know I mean you
1: know, the, the company had you know, pay for our house and cars and, you know, trips to Europe and, you know, I, we did a lot of cool stuff. <laughs> and for that, I'm thankful we were able to do. But it was killing me. And so, I said, so what, what do I do? She said, well, quit. I'm like, what are you, nuts? <laughs> what are we going to do? And she's an accountant and makes, thankfully, makes a, a very good income herself. And she said, well, we'll make it work. And I'm like, well, what do what am I going to do? She said, well, what do you want to do? And I thought, nobody's asked me that since high school. What do you want to be when you grow up? So, at, gosh, I was what, 36, 37, I guess, because I'm 40 now. Yeah, 37. I was, it was like I was 17 again. And And, my guidance counselor was sitting me down and, you know, saying, all right, this is what you need to do. So, I I had been working on my first book at that point, more or less just as a hobby. I said, well, I'd like to finish this book. She said, well, then quit and do it. So a week or so later after we did some logistical things and figured some things out, I went in and put put in my notice. And to show you how much the corporate industry loves its employees, I hadn't taken stores from... Being unprofitable in rather bad areas of town to being very profitable, or at least for for those volume stores over the years. And I've been a great employee for the company for 11 years, and my immediate supervisor never asked me why I was quitting. She didn't care. I was just another nameless management person. And that confirmed what I needed to do was valid. So I just left it all behind and finished my first book uh, in, like, 2009. Yeah, sorry. It's been long enough now, which is kind of amazing to me, that I've got to think back to the day. And my first book is about famous uh grave robberies, called Skellabuggery, forty five true tales of disturbing the dead. Which and is it's not, not what I thought in fact. my first It's not that?
3: I loved it. I loved it. I read it twice.
1: <laughs> well thanks. And they're they're very short stories and it's funny because I really designed everything to be a bathroom read. Which you should be able to read a story in the time it takes you to go to the bathroom. Uh, <laughs> And that was intentional. I mean, you know, I loved those type of books when I was a kid that were, you know, just a jam-packed full of, of a lot of interesting tales, and they were, were very short, and you could, you know, read a couple and, you know, while you're waiting on the bus or <clears throat> before dinner gets done or whatever you're doing. So after I published that, and I went the self-publishing route on it and figured out that I had the skill set to do the layouts and the cover and everything else, and so after I did that, I thought, well, what am I going to do next? So I thought, well, if I can do this for me, I can do it for other people, and that's where distractions born. And the the thought with the company is we don't publish a specific type of book like a lot of companies do. Our main concern is that our authors believe in what they're doing, and that's it, whether it be fiction, nonfiction, fiction. UFO books, hardcore academia. We've done all of it. I mean, one of our clients is Dr. Robert Eisenman, which we're getting ready to do two more books for him.
0: And he is
1: a world famous biblical archaeologist that helped get the Dead Sea Scrolls released to the public back in the 80s. Um, we have two books from him now, and I've got two more in the pipeline. And we have people like Kim Hudnall that write about ghosts in the Southwest. So <laughs> there's, there's no limit to what we'll do because we really want our authors to get out there where they might not have had a, had a chance before. So we've, we've had quite a bit of success with that. And, gosh, I think we're up to, what, 50, 55 books in the, the catalog now and worked with uh 16, 17 different authors in just the last three years. Uh, Mr. Orlock included. Almost 20, was, twenty books a year. Yeah, it's. I don't. I don't rest very much. <laughs> <But>
3: <laughs>
2: <laughs> no resting on the laurels for you.
3: No. I, I, last time I heard.
1: <laughs> it, it It's always something, and there's always something to be done, and every day, even. Though I am, I have my own little projects that I I am working on. There's always great distraction business every day. I mean, whether it be, you know, me scanning the web for you know reviews or checking out what new markets we're in. I mean, literally, we're on sale around the world um, through print and ebook. I mean, recently we just opened up uh, through Amazon. We're on sale in Brazil and, gosh, uh, where else? France, Spain, India, Japan. I mean, which is unheard of for a dinky little publishing company. But luckily, the the technology exists to where today is the day of the little guy. And the little guy can really take on the random houses and really take on the penguins of the world. And it can happen. And publishing is getting away from the corporate boardrooms and back into the hands of the people where it should have been to begin with. So that's a great distraction story, long-winded as I was.
3: And, and it's beautiful that you saw that kind of before it actually started becoming a reality because it, self-publishing houses and businesses have really taken a bad rap in in the last few years. And I think it's an absolute crime um, that that these huge publishing houses have taken it upon themselves and that society has accepted that their version of a good writer or the truth is an accurate version of good writer or truth. I think that everybody should have a chance to tell their story.
1: Well, exactly. In my my greatest example to any naysayer out there about—I I hate the term self-publishing now because of the connotations, not because of the action—but I like to call it independent publishing myself, and because it really embodies the spirit that you're talking about about the the individual going out, striking out on their own. And the greatest example of that type of publishing ever is Thomas Paine and Common Sense. Thomas Paine took his manuscript for Common Sense to a Phil- Philadelphia print shop, and nobody else would print it. I think it was William Pitts, if I remember the, the story correctly. But Paine, nobody would touch it with a 10-foot pole, and Paine said, all right, here's what we'll do. You print up 100 or 200 copies of it. If we don't, If you don't make your money back on it, I'll pay you what your printing costs. And that little book changed the course of history. And it was technically self-published. So there is power in the individual's work. And that day is here again.
2: Well, and that's a a fantastic example because, as you said, it really changed the course of world history. Um, And 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 now you don't even have to print up five hundred books a man technology that I think is awesome because um uh, there's no need to have ten thousand cases of books sitting somewhere waiting to open it. uh. Yet there are still some people that like to hold a book in their hands. As opposed to I, I'm a bit of a book fan myself.
3: I'm an author who loves ebooks but I prefer to hold a book. So well, I love the print it, and publishing because yeah. I have my print my book printed as I as I want it, and I know that I'm not, you know, buying into that whole idea of it has to sit on. We have this beautiful technology now that that we can utilize to cut down on our, our waste and our impact on the environment. And, and the fact that people like you are on the leading edge of this is what our future is looking like, that to me is a beautiful thing because you're paved the way for our future.
1: Well, and, and for, for your listeners that aren't familiar with the print-on-demand model, basically what our, our model is with our printing partners that we work with whenever an order is placed for a book, say on amazon they're not all books are not sitting in a warehouse somewhere. I mean I've got what maybe you know two or three dozen books here at the house that I use for samples, or if you know somebody needs one very quickly, I have a very, very small stock here at the house of all our books um, but what happens is our printing partner gets the order they print one copy of the book. It's sent to the customer and there's no waste. There's there's no excess printing, there's no books that are sitting on the shelves, or no dead trees except for what people want. So you're right, it's a very eco friendly model. It's also a, a very affordable model for the small publisher too and, and the small small author. Um the costs are fantastic uh, on those type things because of the simplicity of the model. And there are even bookstores out there in New York and Connecticut that are using this technology. And it's, it, what it is, is called an espresso printing machine. And it looks like an old 70s Xerox,
5: <laughs>
1: you know, big as a closet kind of thing. But what you do is you put a PDF file in the cover in the book and print press print, and this machine will spit out a book. So There are actual bookstores in in some of the larger cities in the country that that's they have no stock. You walk up and say, hey, I want a copy of For Whom the Bell Tolls by Hemingway. All right, uh, get you a cup of coffee, and about uh, five minutes we'll have it printed. And that's the future of of the book industry as far as retail is concerned. I mean, you can have Think of the biggest bookstore you've ever been in, and think about it being in the size of a Starbucks.
2: And so having availability of ten times as many books.
1: Exactly. So you don't use as much land. You don't use as much electricity to heat and cool the place. I mean, the, there are significant environmental impacts on it, as well as the longevity of retail bookstores. And unfortunately people like Barnes and Noble and and the, the big booksellers out there have not gotten this idea yet. But it'll well, happen.
6: I think because, that
2: borders has yeah. got to be a well borders the, the the demise of borders has got to be a good example to people that it is not required to have you know a thousand titles on the shelf to sell a book because they had huge stores with thousands of titles, and, and th- they product. couldn't make it work
3: yeah. And
4: yeah.
3: I think largely it's it's up to the public, you know I mean at this point it, let's let's face it the guy with the buck, the guy that's buying the product he's got the power, so it's really up yeah. to. The- the public to, to stand on their truth and to, to put their foot forward and say, this is what we want. This is a future that we envision as being eco-sustainable and, and we want to do our part. So we want to buy into that. And when these big companies realize that people will buy the product that way, I would so much rather have a catalog in front of me with thousands of books that I can just, this is the title I want, this is what I'm looking for, print it up, I'll, I'll pick it up in five minutes, as opposed to, going yeah. to a bookstore that has books all over the shelves, and nine times out of ten, I've always had to order my bloody book that I wanted anyways, and it takes two there weeks. There you to go. Year. It's such a piss off.
2: Yeah, so it really doesn't. It doesn't cost the customer any more time. Cost them less. Very, very little more time, if any. I mean, if their book was the hottest thing and was just inside the door, maybe they could do it quicker. But they still got to get in line and pay. And yet. With with the espresso machine, they can walk in and possibly, in, in, like you said, a shop about the size of an espresso shop like Starbucks yeah. and, and select from almost any book.
1: Um, well, well, and the, the other model, too, I wrote an article for Yahoo about this. God, this has been a year, uh, gosh, a couple years ago when when this technology was starting to emerge in retail stores. You know, you could take any existing large bookstore and turn it into that type of model with a used bookstore component to it. And it it makes a ton of sense from a a business standpoint. Uh, Because if you're always trading books, we've got a, a, a place here in Nashville called McKay's, and they have three stores in Tennessee. But they're a huge used bookstore, and it's a brilliant idea because they trade for books. Well every time you trade, you get more inventory and your your cost of inventory goes down by half every time you trade up. So eventually your inventory costs nothing. Your customers have another choice, they can get new books. It it would be the perfect model. And I think we'll we'll see that. Unfortunately, I don't have the money to do it myself. But if there's anyone rich out there that would love to fund that, I would love to talk to you. <laughs> uh,
3: he can be found at Distractions. Yeah.
1: Yeah.
3: <laughs> so,
2: WWW.gravedistractions.com. Look
3: for Brian well, Kennard and uh yeah, hook him up, you philanthropists well, out there listening yeah. to our show.
1: Or, or if, you man, and and
3: it,
1: it, yeah, if you go out and do it and make a minute, you know, just a. A small kickback for the idea is all I ask. So. i tell
3: you what, Brian, if I won the lottery tomorrow, I'd invest in you because I believe in what you're doing. I mean, it, well, thank it you. makes sense. It really does, and it is the wave of the future. It's the future of publishing, and I'm going to just laugh my butt off the day that, that those people out there now that are looking down their noses at self-publication companies, what did they call them?
2: Oh, I love the ones that... Like to call it a vanity press. Yeah,
3: vanity press. Yeah, vanity there we companies. go. Yeah. Um, but when they realize that that some of these guys that are running these vanity press publication companies are legitimate authors, legitimate publishers with a, a deep seated concern and solution, viable solution for our environmental current environmental issues of our now and our future, these guys are going to be just uh, it'll it'll look good on them. Is my my thinking, and I'm going to really enjoy that day. I shouldn't say that, but I am. Well, and, and, <laughs> well, and you know, yeah.
2: we'd like to put the word out to any of these, you know, quote unquote, professional authors who are with the big publishing houses. If those guys won't stop chopping a forest to make your books, and then you know, sure enough, a year later your books are at the dollar store. That really makes you look good as a professional author. To tell them, look, I want my book done, print-on-demand. They'll figure it out if enough people stand up and say so.
3: Or say screw it and just go see Brian because I guarantee you he's not going to jack with your creative.
2: Right. He's not going to tell you, well, we're going to have to change this chapter because it's just not marketable. What does that mean anyway? This this text is not professional enough. What does what well, what, uh, what it means?
3: You're not lying enough, Rick. Oh, yeah, uh, you're not lying <laughs> enough. You're not full enough of BS. Ah,
1: <laughs>
3: really? more BS in your diet. Yeah, and that
1: that's the other thing too is be, because I don't have to invest in a print run of ten thousand books. I can take the chance on the. Supposedly non-marketable books. And I give a better return. I guarantee I give a better return to my authors than Random House does to theirs per I, unit. Yeah, I tested I bet, that. I've, I've
3: crunched I it. bet,
1: yeah, my authors get more than Dan Brown gets per copy. I, I don't know that for sure, but I would I would guess that, Given our structure and given what our margins are, that that's the case.
3: And you guys, so have, you have, Dan doesn't have um, creative license and control of his work. He has to subscribe no. to this specific. This is what we're going to present, and and they really do edit the shit out of out of those big name authors. And and as an independent author, I gotta say I'm pretty sure I'd be right pissed if somebody took one of my paragraphs and said I don't like the way it flows, so I'm going to change it. I, okay, don't publish my stuff.
2: Yeah, I'll find somebody else, we'll find thank somebody you. I'll
3: find somebody else. You, you can't Brian's over here, he'll
2: take care of me. Yeah,
3: exactly. exactly. <laughs> well, yeah, it. and just <laughs> like
2: with common sense, how do they, who says they know what's going to sell, or what people ought to hear, or should hear,
4: or
3: yeah, who, who, what? Who died and made them the information god? That's what I want to know. I mean, what, do you own a publishing company, so all of a sudden you're god? You're going to tell me what I'm going to learn, and how I'm going to learn it? Well,
1: uh, well, I mean, there, there are so many examples. I mean, you can do a, a search on the web of rejection letters for for famous authors. I mean, J.K. Rowling, She went to like you know ten, fifteen different publishing houses with Harry Potter, and they all said, "I, you know, it's not it's too long to be a kids' book. No, kids aren't going to read it." And well, we found out that's wrong. Yeah, I mean, that seems that to be wrong. <laughs>
3: And that's that's the message. Like, I mean, really, people people get that first rejection, and they're like, Oh, I gotta give up. I'm not good enough. Well, who's who, who well, the person to well, tell you that you're not good enough? If like, you can look in the mirror and say I'm good enough, then you're good enough.
2: My my goddaughter, I mean, who's in the chat room, who wrote her first book at like twelve. Twelve. And it's a, some six hundred pages long. It's not like it's a you know pamphlet.
3: Yeah, it's not a bathroom and read. She
2: says spending a lot of time to write it, and then have someone tell me they don't like it. And she said, I'd tell them to kiss my, Yeah. Uh, you know, because,
6: what, what,
2: like she said, who died and made them the information
4: emperor?
3: I, I think more artists need to think that way. I think that she's a prime example of how we need to stand on our truth as artists and creators. That We need to own our work. I wrote it. I own it. I made that. You don't like it? That's your issue. So you don't see things like I see them, but this is how I see it. Why am I going to change to accommodate your perceptions?
1: Yeah, you've got to have a little thick skin, too. You know, because you'll get some eggs thrown at you. But, you know, so what? I mean, it really doesn't matter. I kind of like to to think about the the Grave family as your favorite band that you go to see on Friday nights at your local bar. You know, you love to go see them. They're great performers. Do they hit a sour note every so often? Well, yeah. You love to go see him. We're the same way. You know, we might miss some editorial stuff. I'm not saying we're perfect. But we've got the heart and spirit that people do. And that's exactly what we want to go for.
3: And I think and that's the point. Your stuff, the stuff that you publish and the way that you publish, it's real, Brian. It's honest. It's truthful. And it actually represents... Who the people are that are writing these books, and I think that's 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 what the public right now honestly is craving they're waiting for those people to stand on the truth of who they are and stop hiding behind this preconceived image that we've we've you know we've created it's a, it's all a lie. Why do we have this image of perfection? It's a lie I yeah. don't know any perfect human beings I don't know a one, and I'm glad to say that I'm perfectly imperfect and proud of it
1: well it's is a big fan of the Janet Ivanovich books. And a couple books back she was she pointed out two or three typos in it. You know. Oh my god. It's well, a big publishing house.
2: Big publishing house is not immune to error. They're not perfect. No.
1: <clears throat> I found some no. typos
3: in uh in Lord of the Rings.
1: Well, see so, yeah. I mean you know, but but nobody they they don't focus on that because, oh, that's big publishing. It's okay that they hit a bad note there. But the small guy, you get crucified for that type of thing. You know, taking right. on, on paradigm shifts, too, another one of our authors, Rick Osmond, uh, wrote a book called The Graves of the Golden Bear, which uh, takes on... The preconceived notion that Columbus was the first person, first European, to make it to North America. And, you know, minor cue for us. We got Scott Walters to do the intro for that book, who's now the host of Unearthed America on the History Channel. But it challenges, and Scott does this too in his book, The Hooked Action and the TV Show, challenges what our beliefs are in history. And Rick does a great job of doing that in his book. So we're not afraid to tell those stories. And, it's, a, you know, if you don't believe it, great. Right. It's a theory.
3: Send all of your authors over to EC. We'll we'll bring them all on the show. I think that they'd be guests.
1: I think they'd all be
2: wonderful guests. We'd love to have them all. <laughs> Send
3: us a list and okay. contact information, please. We'll, schedule them, we'll
2: schedule them in. It may take a while to get them all in, but we'll get you them all we'll, you know, in. Yeah. We'll,
3: we, Speaking of we authors, have one on the line. We might have
2: one. Well, yeah. I know that we have at least one other author on the line, but we might have one that's been having a couple of comments here in the chat room. Let me see if that's... Yeah, sure. Amy? Yes. Yes. Hello. Yeah, Hi.
6: Of-
2: you were 12 when you wrote your first book, right?
6: I was 12.
2: Yes, and it's yeah. long. It's not just a little uh, comic book.
6: Yeah, no, it's it's actually um, a six hundred page book. I also have three other three hundred page books, and now I'm working on yours.
4: Right,
2: and
6: Amy and, meet Brian. Brian meet Amy. Yeah, you, know, you need to go talk to oh. Brian. Yeah, so nice to meet you, Amy. How books
2: published is what we want to know.
6: i <clears throat> uh, I've been waiting. I mean, okay,
2: well, here we are all together. <laughs>
6: yeah.
2: yeah. Costa Rica, Houston, and uh, where are you, Brian?
1: I'm in Nashville.
2: Nashville. Okay, so we got it all wrapped around, and, and and we're gonna have Billy on the line with us here in just a minute, and I think Billy's up in Rhode Island. I'm, I'm I think, but yeah. <laughs> it's a global right. show, Billy.
3: All right, Amy. So, so before we bring Billy on, I just have one question for you. Really, what the hell are you thinking, writing a book at the age of twelve? Who are you,
6: huh? Who 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 am I? Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I was just it was kinda like I always did short stories and I always had a passion for writing because I mean it's it was a way for me to get my emotions out without, you know, doing anything else and it was a way to get away from the situation I was in. And I just I started, you know, kinda putting it together one day and here came along the 600-page book that I didn't know what to do with, <laughs> <laughs> and I I still don't know what to do with it. I mean, I kind of well, I did all the research for it, you know. Well, the, the beauty of
3: that answer, Amy, is that I'm a writer because I have to write. It's who I am. Yeah, that's, and that's, that's what actually, a writer is. Every single author on this yeah. on this show tonight is going to say the same thing, so girly girl, we'll hook you up with Brian later, and you two can talk.
4: Yeah. <laughs> yeah
5: give me a hold.
6: We'll see what we do. I will cuz I mean I've writing is not just a hobby for me and most people would say it's just a hobby. It's I sit down and and the glory of writing is that I can sit down and make, you know, 12 characters for one book and you know and I can put a part of me in every single one of them and it can have multiple meanings for anyone that reads it, and I mean, I know, after reading the freaking thousands of books that I have, that they helped me, and they took me away from the situation that I was in, I could, you know, go into my own little world, and that's what I hope to bring to other, like, teens, adults, whatever you want to do, because... I mean, that's that's the glory of reading is that you can escape from that horrible situation or that situation that you don't want to be in or fall asleep to it or, you know, and just, you know, it's, it's awesome. <laughs> well, it's, it's,
2: that's definitely a writer talking, you know. Yeah, I can I, create 12 I, characters and I can put a piece of me in each one and have multiple streams of meaning and I sound like a writer 16, and
3: author to me. But I'm an author. <laughs> it's
2: awesome. all right.
5: Well right,
3: Speaking of authors, we got to bring our other guest on because I think that's him. I hope Yeah, let's him. see.
2: If, let's see if that's him. Billy, is that, are you with us? I'm here. This is awesome. Billy. welcome.
3: Welcome to the
7: show. Hey, hey thanks. Thank you. Nice to meet you guys.
2: And and I know you didn't write your story at the time, but you started as a as, as a young one too, didn't it? How old were you yeah, when you? Well,
7: uh, mine. I started writing when I was um, about. Uh, so, well, it was 16 And, um, you know, I was lucky that I kind of just It was just a journal that I was keeping um, You know, just as I was growing up any Anytime I was on a bus going somewhere Or, you know, whatever I was dealing with I just, I kept it in a journal I just wrote a little bit, you know this is I did this, you know, I was upset about this, whatever So later on, um, you know, after, like, my, uh, you know My story started coming together Um, I was really lucky to have that material to, to go back on. So if there were things that weren't clear, I could, you know, that the pencil sure was sharp, you know, when it comes to making notes, um, you know, that you might forget later on. So, uh, the journal began at 16 and then, um, you know, my book, uh, the Billy Best story, I started writing that 10 years ago, trying to write, trying to actually write it into a book and, uh you know, it took rewrite after rewrite, and I, you know, I had no idea how to write. I was just telling a story and trying to put it, you know, through a pencil onto a piece of paper, um, you know, and I, I kept thinking I could do that by myself, but I, I tried to learn how to write. I read books on writing, and it was oh. just something, it was just something that was, it was, you know, it got to a point where I realized it was, I couldn't do it alone, no matter how hard I tried, so I sought help, and, uh. You know, I, I found a I found a woman who had experience writing memoirs and she wanted to kind of start her own business, uh, you know, helping people write their own memoirs. So, you know, she was looking for someone with a story and I was looking for someone that could edit, you know. My manuscript was about uh, maybe 200 pages, um, you know, and then there were just, you know, there was tons of other material out there on the Internet, on the... Uh, you know just anywhere in the newspapers um so yeah started writing at at about 16.
3: So we really have like we have the whole kind of width and breadth of of authorship covered we've got the guy who has the story but doesn't know how to present it we've got the publisher who was the author who decided I'm going to take ownership of my work and take this under myself and then We've got this 16-year-old who just decided to publish her, well, well, write a story. She hasn't published it yet, but she will. We're going to know sure that'll happen. Se- several books in
2: just sitting in her computer wondering what they ought to do. Yeah, yeah, do, what do. I think so, we ought to get some of them out of there, but that's just me on that. And then we right. have then we have this other author over here
3: this other crazy that I keep poking because
2: <laughs> she's not even mentioned her own books. And she's done a little bit of writing, just a small amount. Um Three novels and...
3: Three novels and a collaboration. And a collaborative a life-changing art. collaboration for those of you who uh, want to stop by Grave Distractions Publications and look up the book. That was uh, a joint effort between, I think it was ten authors.
2: I think so. One of which... which hey, that is, was a bunch of folks. Okay, yeah. I'm I'm one of them, but, but you one know... One of them,
3: so I guess that I may... Mean, he's an author, too, guys, although he doesn't admit it. Um, and uh, that was incredible. Uh, just... Gathering of minds and hearts that just came and offered their their thoughts and feelings and put them on paper and said, "Here, let's do this for charity."
2: In a philanthropic work, it, the the whole that yes. whole book is for charity. It's for, it's, we it's, don't get well, any
3: of the money. None of the authors will ever the see the money. It's called the book
2: instead of a book. It's a a blog book. It's a book full of blogs. So we called it the book. And um, uh, it's a, I think it's an awesome collection. It's just the. I'm honored to be included with the authors that are in there because yeah, really uh, I'm just a I'm just writers, a scribbler so really. Uh, I scribble notes and well, that's I scribble notes and then oh here put it in a book or a
4: book.
3: All right, so let's ask each author in turn. I guess I guess the key question because everybody always asks me, why do you write? Why? And and we'll start with uh, uh, we'll start with the youngest and we'll go to the oldest. Amy, you still on the line?
2: What? You want to say me? Why? Why? Why do you write?
6: Why do you write? Why do I write? (laughs) Well, that's a. I'll try to sum it up for you. I mean, (laughs) um, I pretty much why I write is I started out young, and I really didn't think about that I could actually turn it into something big and I could make money off of it. That's not what I wanted to write for. I was writing because it took my mind off of the rough situations that I was in and as and I just it was making up my own reality that I could stand to live in and dreaming of something else other than sitting in a room you know, drinking at the young age and dealing with all the family problems that I had. And it was just a way to get out of the pain and pretty much coping. And I I put my imagination out on paper and put myself all, like, put all of it into one thing. And... It's not, I don't plan out writing. Sometimes I don't even remember writing what I wrote, you know, the night before, and I I still do that. Um, Unfortunately, I've gotten to the point where I can't write with a pencil and a paper um, because my hand hurts too bad, but typing is what I do on a daily basis, and, you know, I'm still going through rough situations, and it just, it helps me to kind of, like, get my mind off of it, and, you know, just, I, I don't do it for the money, though, and it's just, it's a, it's a sense of serenity.
3: Oh, oh, that's, oh, that's nice. a cool way to I, end that.
6: Just uh, gorgeous. So a
3: sense of serenity. I love you. I love you, baby girl. I'm so proud. I'm, I'm so proud to be, to be a spirit mom to you. Um, Okay, Billy, you're next, because you're next in line in age. I think you're uh, probably. Probably next? Next, yeah. I'm a host. I don't I'm
2: count. Next, I'm next, next. in line and age. Wow.
3: Why do you wow. Write well, that, why that's do you just write? her
2: random pick. Why, why do you write? <laughs> why
3: do you write, Billy?
2: Um, I
7: write because, um, well, it's to help you know to help others by you know hopefully hopefully I I, what I write is to keep someone else from having to go through all the pain uh, that I've gone through. So it's um I guess I mean that's how I would sum it up. That's that's why I write. I don't I don't write for you know, for money. It's not like I'm trying to make a job out of writing. I don't I don't even write because I, you know, actually enjoy to write. It's just that I have a story that I found that you know, I thought this would be the best way to get it um out to people is to um you know, to write it in a book. And, that's, and, uh, and
2: it's, you
3: know, it's a story worthy of a book or a and,
2: movie uh, or a movie
7: or, or both.
3: Worthy. But we'll and, get back to that.
4: <laughs> but but
2: but to, to share the, the the trials that you went through and the way you found your way through and 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 possibly help other people that's that's uh,
3: takes a large amount of courage. A, a lot
2: of courage and yeah. um, uh, not unlike one of. Jean's books that we may hear about in a minute. But if she says she doesn't count, now does that mean we're going to do... I'm just kidding. No, okay. We'll talk about
3: it. We'll talk about it eventually, but I, you know, we have guests. And, and we do we have guests. Always get to hear me. Okay, so Brian, you're next, my dear. My love.
1: Well, well, my first book is nonfiction, and my second book, which we hadn't talked about yet, and I can't talk about it a whole lot, but I will when we get a chance, is going to be non-fiction as well. So I'm I'm in a little different boat than, than your your other guest, which I totally respect that, and I, I understand it, but I'm a little more selfish in my writing in that I like to be able to tell the best story, and I've always been the type of person that if I've been able to do something in my life that while sitting around the dinner table I've been able to tell the best story of everyone collected, I've lived life to to its fullest. So... That's why I write, is kind of to be able to tell the best story and to tell what my perception of, of the truth is, too. Because <clears throat> like I said, nonfiction's a little bit different animal than either a person, personal memoir or, or fiction. Um, because there's a lot of research that's involved and, and a, a bit of the historian in me, too. just love to uncover those things that nobody else really knows about. And my next book, which all I'm going to be able to say about it is I have been able to uncover through government documents obtained through the Freedom of Information Act that a very famous American author worked for the United States Intelligence Services. We won't go into what branch yet, but it will be it's a it's gonna be a big story and oh, I've been in contact. You,
2: sounds sounds a wee bit explosive there, my friend
1: when
3: you're ready to publish, you're gonna come talk to u c right
1: oh yeah, definitely, but I've been in contact with this person's family already, and they are a hundred percent behind the project um and it's it's gonna be something but <laughs> Anyway, can't really talk about it a whole lot because I can't really let the cat out of the bag yet for a couple of legal things I'm waiting on and some other promises I have to keep for breaking the story and some other things. Well, but of course. It, I totally
3: get it. Totally get it. But all respect, yeah, no, all love it it's, going,
1: it. it's going to be cool.
3: My I can't <laughs> wait. <laughs>
2: Indeed, when you're ready to turn it loose, come talk to us. Yeah, we'll, we gotta, we'll get
3: you all we'll, over the planet with it. Uh, together, yeah, actually. don't worry. <laughs> I, I
1: got I got a feeling everybody, hopefully knock on what everybody will know about this, but the re- going back to that, the reason I wrote it was because I had uncovered a truth. And it gives me the vehicle in which to get that hidden history out and to be able to tell an awesome story that nobody's heard before so i i get to do i I get it all and it that's why i write if that makes any kind of sense whatsoever
3: it's all i you know what? i'm sitting over here grinning because it's kind of why i do it too you know it's kind of a combination of of everything that we've talked about it's um first and foremost i do it for me because if i don't if i don't Pick up a pen some days and write down my thoughts. I'll literally explode. I'll just be a grumpy pants, and nobody can deal with me. Um, and, and there's several people in my life who can attest to that. Um, but the other thing is, wouldn't that, know anything about that, really. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I can't do radio show tonight. I have to write. What do you? Um, the the other thing is, is that you know, I hope that my story can help people see that there is a way to get past our mis conception of imper- imperfection. Yeah, you know, we, we really have kind of twisted that idea of perfection and really, you know, I, we really screwed that one up, guys. So I, I hope that in some ways my writing can help people. And do I want to make money? Yeah. You know what? Hell yes at the end of the day. But I'll tell you why I want to make money. First of all, I want to make money because I want to give back to the people who supported me on my journey. I want to support the incredible amount of people out there around the world who are doing Something to make this world a better place. I want to be able to financially back them. And I want enough money to get traveling around the world so I can talk to these people, so I can write more about them. Because I think that everybody has a story that needs to be told. That's where I find the yummy in writing. The yummy in writing for me is sitting and talking to somebody and going, wow, that's just such a cool story. And then I can take that, and I can put it on paper, and I can offer it to the world. And if it's a life-changing experience for the reader, then what? I've done my job. I've had fun doing it. And that, to me, is what writing is all about. That's why God gave me a pen and a paper. Well, not
2: not unlike this show. We love hearing people's stories, and I can't think of a show that hasn't just had stunning truths, Demonstrated in multiple ways yeah. that uh, we hope many different people can uh, relate to. I don't. I don't know that if anybody can relate to all of them. I think that's maybe just us crazy pair because we just <laughs> want to hear it all. Uh, it's all fun. But it just because you didn't find a story like yours in some official professional publication. <laughs> Does not mean that your story is invalid, and it doesn't mean that you are alone. And um, so we just love getting people on. And uh, last night we had a we we had just an amazing show. It was just perfect timing for here. Of course, we all we often do that perfect uh, we timing ever have thing. That perfect uh, because we don't plan who's going to be on the show, they just show up. Let and, go,
3: let God, kids. That's the only way to travel. Uh,
2: so you know, be patient with us. That often we don't get a show posted until you know three or four days in advance. That's because sometimes well, we uh, never know what we're doing. The 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 folks that plan our show make some last minute changes. And uh, well, if well, you want to know who plans our show, you need to read Gene's first book and second book. <laughs>
3: Uh, Yeah, they made themselves known in the first book and the second book. And I think the first book is is right in alignment with Brian's journey and and what his second book is all about and honestly what his first book is all about. And I think what Billy Beth's book is all about and I think what what our young author Amy's book is all about is that it's called Truth.
2: The title of the book is Truth. It's
3: Truth. And at the end of the day, I mean, that's what we're all looking for, isn't it? We're looking to find the freedom... To share with the world the truth of the world as we see it and we feel and, and, it in our hearts. And to share so, our
2: truth. Because yeah, truth is not some gold, golden platinum something thing over off in the distance somewhere that maybe one day we might find the truth. There, there's no... I, I believe, Out
3: there somewhere. I
2: believe there's no such thing. <laughs> I believe everybody has their truth. And I believe that everybody's truth... If they will stand on their truth, I believe everybody's truth is powerful and,
3: valid and should have an outlet. It's a valid contribution to our world. It's
2: what Everyday Connection's about. It's what Gene's writing's about. It's what Grave Distractions is all about. Absolutely. I know it's what, exactly. Billy, what Billy's is. book she is about because you, you said yourself, Billy, you, you, you went through some stuff. And we're yes. going to get into a little more detail on that as, as the show goes on. But you went through some serious stuff. Nice. And. You, you, you're you just telling your story, not telling everybody this is, you know, the only way it works. But, you know, it's like, look, I was in a bind and this worked for me. And maybe it'll work for you. And and, and, and to me, that is the power of standing on your truth is like, look, this is what worked over here. I, I know it isn't the generally accepted, you know, uh, method. And, you know, I, who got that idea that there's one way? That's only applicable to streets and driving it's there's no one way to, to really anywhere
1: um, well, the 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 guy that's selling the one way is who's convinced us there's one way
2: and it's a it, it was an excellent sales job, but it's a really
1: poor product
3: and i, I really <laughs> hope our, i i really hope our listeners are listening to that one statement um Brian, say it again
1: it. The, the guy that's selling the one way is the person that's convinced us there's one way because he, he has the, the biggest marketing campaign. He has the biggest interest vested in the one way. So that's what we've been convinced of because that's what we've always heard.
3: So this is where it boils down to the fact that it comes down to the is up, It's up.
4: Absolutely. It's a stand-up and
3: demand that they be allowed to choose who is their voice, who is their storyteller, who's their not what the big publication companies are selling us. That is still I mean, not buying into the idea of them knowing what we want. We have to start telling them what we want and demanding that they provide it. And that's it.
2: Absolutely, because I'm telling you, the public can do that. The the power always rests with the individuals. It never rests with the big guys unless you, <coughs> unless you let them have it or give it to them. And it's time that that yeah. simply stops. Enough is enough.
4: Absolutely. And
2: y'all, 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 somebody can sue me later, but that's the way <laughs> I see it. What was it? Uh, <laughs> Jimmy Buffett uh, said in one concert, he's "Like sue me, baby, sue me. Come on, bring it."
3: Go ahead. Yeah. I, got <laughs>
1: well, I got nothing. I got nothing. I got got a laptop
2: and 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 a and nice microphone. view. You can have it. Yeah. You know if you yeah, I'll get another one. <clears throat>
1: well, you know, Rick. Another thing too. On on the heels of that, I was on a show. Gosh, this is the end of January. Uh, another podcast, and they were it was about great distractions and a number of other things, but the host got into genetically modified foods. And he's like, well, you know, we need to do something big to, you know, go to companies like Monsanto and this and that. And I said, no, we don't. We, need, The individual can do lots of small things, like being in the grocery industry for as long as I was. If I had 400 people come up to me, and say, you know what, I really want genetically modified foods labeled, or I'm not buying my food, my fresh produce from you. That would make a difference. Going to your local farmer's market makes a difference. So it doesn't actually, to- I'm so
3: glad you brought that up, Brian, because we actually have proof of that. What was it that you saw the other day that there was a grand supermarket chain that was actually changing the way they were going to – which one? It was a, it was a market, supermarket change that were going to change the way that they were labeling the, shoot, the, 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 the food. The because they're, they're, I think it was Whole
1: Foods. Probably Whole Foods, Whole yeah. Food, yeah Whole Foods it,
0: dedicated
2: themselves yeah, to chain-wide label that that's stuff it. and present it properly. That's and awesome. I'm sure that that Billy could give us some insight in that because
3: Cause they Billy Billy spends customer. a little
2: time in the Whole Foods, I think.
3: And that's awesome because they they listen to the customer, and that's what we're talking about this this marriage of the corporate. Companies and the customer, and this relationship and this conversation that we, you know, encourage people to open up, well, talk to them because they will listen to stop you. Stop sitting
2: there and saying, Look, all these people care about is money, That's and then you go down true. the road and give them your money.
3: That's not true. The people who are working in these companies they are people too. They have kids, they have families, they have grandparents, they have dogs, they have pets. They care about what's happening to our world. You need to let them know that you care too. That's but if why, the only right.
2: thing anybody ever says to the grocer is, "I want it cheaper and I don't want to see a single bruise or blemish." Well, that's not natural. That's There's so you But right if there. enough ask, that grocer's going to provide it because he's got to feed his family.
3: Absolutely.
2: And that's really all it comes down to, people. There's nobody out there that's the big bad boogeyman. It's just a whole bunch it's of just people.
3: People.
1: <laughs> and if they
2: don't believe what you believe, well, tell them. Tell them about it. Absolutely.
1: Yeah, and another thing, too, that most people don't know, and once again coming from the corporate background of big box retail stores, is you call the, the hot runs, and I know with the company I worked for, we had a vice president of operations that every day, every call that was logged, he would look at, and it does get to people. So it might take a number of, you know, one voice might not do it. 100 voices will do it, or 200 voices will do it. But don't think that, that the drop in the, the bucket doesn't matter. It does, because that's how you fill up the bucket. So, right. anyway, that's yeah, small analogy. steps. You never put
2: drops in it. The bucket stays empty, people.
3: That's right. You need to, yeah. you need to put a drop in it. Absolutely. That's a brilliant analogy. So.
2: A beautiful time for us to uh, take, take a break. little break.
3: And then maybe um, when we come back, we can talk to Billy about this, because I, I think you might have an insider insider scoop into that. Yeah, an <laughs>
2: inside look at how things work over there at Whole Foods yeah. and what they pay attention to, and and so we'd love to hear some more about that. Which
3: apparently is the public, so you um, need to shop at Whole Foods. <laughs> so we, we have
2: all of our guests that were planned. We have an unplanned guest because is awesome. that's the way we do things at Everyday Absolutely. Connection. When it comes, you repen, repen have young it.
6: young people. into on the line. It. So, what?
2: uh, what? what? Ripping the young people. Yeah, there she is.
3: On the line. Would you like me to say it slow? Hey, Amy. Hey. Oh <laughs>
2: Just kidding. We're gonna take a we're gonna take a quick break, uh give everybody a chance to uh fill up their coffee, wine, beer, water, tea, whatever uh does it for you, and uh, some beautiful words from our dear friend Ina V. Uh, with her earth prayer. It's in alignment with what we're doing. It's a... It's okay, okay. carry on. Um, We're having a little side discussion here. We sometimes do that, and we do it silently, and I can't understand that. Um, But it'll give us about five minutes. uh, Do what you need to do, and uh, we'll be right back with some more amazing stuff with Brian Kennard, Billy Best, Amy Gates, Jean-Victoria Norlock, and... I'm over here refereeing and <laughs> apparently throwing out ideas that could, you know, be less than mainstream. I have to apologize about that, but uh, well, well, no, actually I kind of like that. But anyway, this is our dear friend, you know, V who you can find at www.enavie.com. Cause she's doing amazing philanthropic stuff with the uh, funds from this song, earth prayer. Uh, and, uh, deserves uh, at least a look. And if it resonates with you, some great support. So we'll be back in about five minutes, folks. Stay with us.
5: Can find strength together. We rise.
2: Again, that was our dear friend, Ina V. with Earth Prayer. Uh, it's one of Jean's favorite pieces of uh, music. And, of course, she was hoping for a break because she wanted to run away and <laughs> then was mad that I played her song. So I unplugged our headphones and played it for the entire Rainforest. So, yeah.
3: And I'm sure the Rainforest appreciates the vibration of that particular song. I think it appreciates it a lot, actually.
2: So we're, we're back again with uh, Brian Kennard. Billy Best, Amy Gage, and somebody named Jean Victoria Norlock. I don't know any – I haven't talked to her much, so I don't know anything about her books or anything, but uh, no. uh, Awesome awesome folks all that are with us, and uh, it just always seems to turn out that way since we – as long as we keep our finger out of the pie and try to make it go our way, that doesn't seem to ever do well, but, you know. Uh so Billy uh, when you're not writing books you hang out in at uh, Whole Foods don't you? Uh yeah I'm
7: just coming from there now.
2: And um and they try to be a, a a fairly responsible retailer and respond to their customers would you say?
7: Yeah I think you know I think it's uh you know I wouldn't get caught up in the fairy tale that they're out there trying to save the world or you know, destroy the world at a slower rate, I guess, would be more appropriate. But, um, you know, it's definitely, um, you know, a profit-driven business. But on the other side of that, they also, um, you know, they also feel like the longer the, uh, you know, the longer the earth is around and the more resources we have to work with, uh, you know, the more opportunity we're going to have to, um, you know, to make money. Right, yeah. Would you, seem
3: logical, yes, absolutely. If you turn around
2: and destroy the thing you make money off of, that doesn't help much in the long run. But, um, yeah. and yes, I agree. It's not like the perfect answer or uh, out there to save the world. But um, is there
3: a perfect answer? And I think that's key is that realizing there is not one perfect answer, but they are contributions, certainly.
2: And I think taking every step we can take in the right direction helps lead to that next step. And uh, you know, because somebody, somebody out there' seeing that the wait, these guys are making money. I want some of that, and so they might change their ways a bit. I know there's a small yet, but there's a organic and natural food section in my supermarket grocery store mm-hmm. who shall remain unnamed, but that's
5: Mine that too. never
2: existed before Whole Foods. Whole Foods had its success. So Absolutely. Um,
5: yeah.
2: they certainly have been trailblazing, and uh, uh, I, I think it's great that, uh, that that's where that's where you're working because um,
3: we like trailblazers.
2: Look, we do, we do. Somebody's got to do it, or the rest the, the rest of the folks will just sit around on the beach waiting for something to happen. <coughs>
3: Where's your Savior? Oh, crap, that's me. Oh, <laughs> let me get up. <laughs> Doggone, what happened?
2: Um, so, um, Billy, tell us just a, a little bit more about your uh, about your story that's in that book, um, because it is, uh, I said earlier, I, I think perhaps before you uh, joined us, that you, you just have my eternal respect and admiration for what you did and then that you turned around this to share it with the world.
3: And a little bit of awe. You're right, crazy brother.
2: <laughs> <laughs>
3: in, that in, was the crazy. Best, in the best kind of way. Yeah, we, 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 really
7: like we, we really like crazy. We really like crazy. It sounds like it. I, I, I took it that way. It sounds about right. It sounds like it. Um, but thanks. I mean, it was, um, you know, like like I was saying earlier, it's just, you, you know, once you go through something that's painful and you see, um, you know, looking back on it, you say, well, maybe if I knew about this, I wouldn't have suffered that way. Um you know, it's I it's like I have no. It's not like I I I feel like I have to do it. It's you know I I feel like I get to share my story. I'm still around to be able to share my story, so, um, you know, so I just I'm, I'm just really happy to have it out there right now and you know be able to share it and it's, you know, uncompromised uh, the truth of it. That's why you know I went about it, um, you know, with I I self-published so I wouldn't lose, you know, any of that control. Over, you know, the final say on what was in, you know, in those pages, Um, you know, I never would have given up control of my story. Like, um, you know, Lifetime wanted to buy it. At one point, they you know they threw a number out and they said, oh, we'll buy, you know, let us buy your story. And I said, well, am I going to have, you know, the last like executive rights to, you know, to say what, you know, whether or not you can you can put this in it? And they said, no. It's like, well. You know, we'll take the idea of your story and and you know turn it into something that we think you know is popular. And it was like, no, absolutely not, because you're probably gonna have me go back on chemo, or you're gonna probably have me you know stop chemo to use natural medicine and die, or something you know that just isn't the way it happens. So I was My never able to. My you
3: just like jumped a hundred fold. I honestly because I. Since I started doing what I'm doing, the biggest question I've gotten from my friends and family that aren't friends and family anymore. <laughs> <laughs> God, former friends and, former family. friends and family? has always been, hey, are you making money doing this? And, I, you know, I've told them I will eventually make a great deal of money doing this. For right now, at least I'm standing on my morals and my ethics, and I'm not compromising them. Yeah. And that, to me, is I what's mean. important. You didn't sell out, and I love you for that. Just as an individual, you didn't sell out, and I, I...
2: Because certainly while while it was going on, the press had a field day, and I'm sure that they said a lot of things that really didn't have anything to do with reality.
7: That's right, and it's been like that throughout the years. Um, you know, they've, I've, I've watched them do follow-up stories, you know, they get to know, you know, how to, you know, become a professional interviewee, you know, by not giving them... Much material to work with. It doesn't matter what question they ask me. You know, the only the only thing I will say on camera is, you know, what I want to be heard. So they can't. You know, the more they have to cut and paste with it, um, you know, more they can get away from the truth.
3: Yeah, because they can and they do. They do manipulate truth quite often, just because they have that technological ability to do that,
2: or because they they think, well, if we tweak this a little, it'll it'll sell sell better." better who cares yeah. it, it, the truth of your story is the truth of your story and uh, it sounds to me like that even if you know the story got out there and helped one somebody that you would think that was just awesome
7: yeah i have mean, i've seen it you know like i know that there's one person that it has helped and that has made you know it's made the whole thing worthwhile and um you know you you think about like how like how long are you gonna write for how long are you gonna be a writer for um you know when i ha- when I have this book out, you know you start a business it's it's a business that I started you know being in book sales, and it's um you know you don't think of it as that you don't think of like oh well, you know even if the i r s might consider my my business a hobby, you know because it's not making any money, it's still you know this is something that I'll do for the rest of my life. And, you know, even You know, I might even You know, think that my son one day Would pick it up and, you know And share this story, because it's You know, like, it's 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 a unique story That is also Something that's very common If that makes any sense It's a story that I'm sure, you know, it's got feelings in it That everybody um, You know, everybody can relate with Either if they felt it personally Or, you know, they've seen someone in their family go through it But just the way that My whole situation unfolded and the results of that and the information I was able to, um, you know, be able to have access to at a time when there was no Internet. It's just, um, you know, I feel like it's important. I feel like it's something that, you know, people need to know about even if they don't, you know, even if they don't know, they they need to know.
3: Well, I'm guessing because I haven't haven't read the book because I never do um, until after we do the show. It's just the way I work. (laughs) <laughs>
2: she brings the audience perspective. I, I do I'm a little sure, homework. Um, she does none. Who are you?
3: I, um, but just talking to you, I'm getting a real sense of the fact that you offer something very similar to what I offered in my third book on my journey into wellness is that you offer the truth. So you probably, I'm guessing, and I'm sure you're going to confirm it in a minute, you offered all of the truth, which means you offered the low moments along with the high moments, the moments of doubt, the moments of fear. The moments of uh, is this really the good idea to be doing this um, that we you know we all go through that inner struggle that we all have to face when we're making life-altering decisions about ourselves or our family or you know anything that we do. So and it sounds to me like you offered a really honest representation of that, and I think that had you let it get into the hands of the editors. They might have jacked with that quite and a the bit. The marketers. We can't have people thinking that the journey's scary or that there's challenges along the way. Because, goodness gracious, we wouldn't want human beings to ever be weak. What's that weakness thing? Well, there have a problem? moment of we're
2: doubt. Oh, oh, no, none oh, of that. It's all scary? bunnies and rainbows down the yellow brick road.
3: Uh, um, so, you know, did, did you, when you were writing the book and telling your story, did you have a moment of self doubt as to whether or not you should expose the doubt and the fear that you must have come against? during your journey to wellness
7: um you know doubt about the fears no because that you know i think just it's you know like like your other guest was saying um you know writing so that the world um you know so that someone can understand the way that you perceive you know the truth in the world it's you know it takes all those emotions to get you know to get to uh you know to the ending or even to to be a part of the journey and it's um you know those doubts those doubts and fears it's i mean it kind of you know that's what the book is about because without those things, I would probably you know just be sitting in the hospital um you know receiving chemotherapy and and just like you know the rest of the other kids did but it's the you know the fear of death and it's uh you know, doubt that what I'm currently doing is not working, you know, and, and just being desperate, you know, the, the, the you know, a theme in the in my book is, I'd say, one of desperation. I was 16, and I had to get up and take off, you know, from everything I knew, because I was so desperate, I didn't feel like I had any control over my life, and I felt that what I was doing was killing me.
2: But because let's face it, really, even if you ask the scientists and the doctors, chemotherapy is just shooting you full of poison and hoping it kills the tumor before it kills you. <laughs>
4: yeah.
2: It's just really like, you know, well, let's see, I'll let the snake bite you and if you come through the snake bite, you'll be all better.
3: It's kind of a hit and miss kind of thing, it really is. And I you know, I don't know if people out there have ever had chemo that were you know people listening to our show um and I haven't thank goodness ever had to endure chemo, but just the injection of the radioactive dye to do a test for when I broke my back that made me sick for a week. They said, Oh, you're only gonna be sick for a few hours. it'll be fine for a week. I felt gross and disgusting and and just I couldn't even. I would have run too. If somebody says chemo to me, I'm sorry, I'm gone. I'll go find a doctor before I let somebody give me chemo. I'm terrified of the stuff. It scares the hell out of me because I know how it feels. Just that little tiny bit of radioactive dye to get a scan done made me so sick. I, which is why I'm saying like all you know, props to you. All respect to you for doing what you did because you were so young and that must have been so terrifying, but when your heart tells you that something's right, and you have the courage to follow it, then you really are a testament to what that everyday connection is all about.
2: Absolutely, that's, what, that's what we talk Europe about every show.
3: Living, walking, talking example of what that means is that my heart told me this was not a good idea, so I said, "Go, I'm on, gone." On. And yeah, and there you weird. are. That
2: was how long ago? Like 18 over years. eighteen years ago. Yeah, and. Uh, you have a family now. You're doing your thing, and you know, come on, the chemo lottery. You maybe, maybe not, and and maybe you would have got rid of the cancer and then been debilitated from the treatment. Sometimes the cure is worse than the disease. Yeah. Well, that's like you know,
7: with my you know my my most recent checkup. You know, probably like I don't know, two or three months ago, I went in for a physical, and it was a new doctor and. You know, he didn't know anything. I just walked in to a new doctor. You know, now that I've got my nice my nice insurance working for Whole Foods, um, and he, you know, he he asked a little bit about history and anything anything wrong in your past. Well, I had a lot of surgeries, and I, you know, I had um, had cancer, and he was like, oh, oh, well, he he had to look a little deeper, look more closely, and uh, you know, because he said, well, if you had cancer and you went through that, this is the treatment you went through, Um, now is when those symptoms, you know, when those side effects will start, you know, popping up. Now is when you're going to start suffering, you know, whether it's your heart or your lungs. You know, the the medicine is, is, you
4: know, the
7: medicine's weakened you. And, you know, now is when we're going to start to see it. So you could have some, you know, cardiovascular problems, some heart problems. um, You know, but, and I didn't tell him. The whole story. I, I just, you know, I didn't tell him I didn't finish all my treatments, um, you know. But he looked closely, and he was, he, you know, he was surprised he didn't see anything. So, that's now as I'm kind of, you know, I'm feeling the reward of not going through with those treatments because I already made it past that, you know, I made it past the five year cure, you know, the ten years, the fifteen years. But you know, and now is when it would be, you know, you'd be starting to get all the bad news if I if I continued on with the you know, with the chemo, and even, you know, yesterday in the mail, there was uh, a letter from the uh, Cancer Institute that I I went to asking if I wanted to participate in a long-term follow-up study, and I called them up. I was like, are you sure you want me to participate? Like, because I, you know, I stopped treatment. I, you know, I don't know if this is going to be any help to you at all, and they said, well, you know, we're just collecting, you know, data, so, you know, even though it's um, an organization that I don't, you know, I wouldn't like, I wouldn't support financially. I wouldn't donate, you know, I wouldn't donate $10 for the cancer walk, um, you know, or I wouldn't buy a candy bar from a kid. I wouldn't buy a hot dog and a soda at a supermarket to support cancer research because um, that just makes no sense to me. But, um, you know, to to contribute to a long-term Um, you know, study to see what's going on with people today. I, you know, I I think I'm going to do it. I'll probably submit the, uh, submit the forms and, you know, tell them what's going on.
6: I am. I don't know oh, yep. oh yeah, here we go. That was weird.
4: Well, I'm still
6: here. I'm still here. Mary sweet. had a little lamb. Hi. We're how's,
3: how's the weather? Sorry, how's the weather over there? We we, we had a uh, <laughs> we had an arrival and
2: we, there's a uh, there's a whole pack of dogs here.
3: Uh, so we muted our lovely dogs,
2: but we muted ourselves, and then we're sitting over here talking and wondering why nobody's answering. So you know, it was as bad for us as it was for y'all. But we're here. Uh, but yeah, I think that could be just awesome uh, if you know. So many people that that just decide, you know, look, they're killing me. Whatever's going on over here is killing me faster than whatever's wrong with me, and they go find uh, alternative treatments that actually do work. Then they don't want to, you know. They don't want to have anything to do with the medical establishment ever again. Well, how are they ever going to find out that there's a different treatment, you know? And so I, I applaud your your bravery and in in, uh, in thinking even thinking about doing it because so many people just close that door. And, you know, I believe that we're in a time where it's not this or that; it's this and that. If we could take the best bits of everything. Because there's some things the medical profession does well. They put good casts on broken bones. Oh, so hell you know. yeah. If
3: I break my leg, I'm going to the hospital. That's yeah, like, that's I mean, you know. <laughs> that's, that's just common and, sense. And if I get cancer, I, I don't want anything to do with the doctor. <laughs> I'm sorry. I, uh, I'm thinking I've got to find another way to cure that.
2: Well, and I can't imagine, a, you know, to me, it, healing is a healing team. You have people that work together, and they know about each other, and they know the full story of what's going on. And, and and give their cooperative bit. Um, but if you walk into somebody and says, okay, well, we're going to do this, this, and this. Uh, you know, if we don't do anything, you're going to die in six months. And if we do all this, you're going to die in a year. Well, I don't want that guy on my team because he's convinced I'm going to die, and that's not <laughs> what I'm looking for. You know? I mean, I'd, I'd at least like somebody that thinks there's a chance. <clears throat> for heaven's sakes, people. It just makes sense to me. But... So many things make sense to me that don't seem to make sense to the mass. I don't know how that works. Kind of
3: out there, but um, so I have. I have another. Wait, I had another question. Where'd it go? It was like right there on the. T- that t-
2: could t- be the related to that Brian's statement about you know the, the 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 person that has the one way is the one that's convinced us there's only one way because they they're in fear that we're going to go off somewhere else. I mean, isn't that really a fear-based thing, uh, Brian?
1: Oh well, yeah, of course it is. I mean, nobody wants to give up their piece of the pie, and you know whether it be with cancer treatments or historical theories or cars or whatever you're you're looking at. Nobody wants to change, and you, you look at businesses that that have thrived in the last few years with the you know, changes in the publishing industry or the automotive industry. And the ones that haven't in the last 20 or 30 years, it's the ones that are willing to change. And, but what they want to do is they want to convince you that, well, we don't have to change. And you should do it the same way because that's what we're giving you. So... (laughs) So, yeah, that's Amy, just corporate mentality. It is, So, right.
3: Amy, you're representing the younger generation. What do you guys, you younger people, think about that corporate mentality? I mean, what do you have to say to the corporations that are trying to tell you what to believe and what to think and how to act and how to be?
6: Well, I mean, all my life, thank goodness for the mother that I have, even though sometimes, you know, we can't stand her. um, she was <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, wait, <what? laughs> so unique
5: that. <clears throat> <laughs>
6: um, thank goodness I had her because she always taught me that I should not give in to what people think and how I'm supposed to be. I mean, um, I was a big victim in you know school bullying and everything, and. We She went to the principal one day About it because it got so bad um, And at this time I was wearing um, Like two different socks That were like bright pink And like had Powerpuff Girls on them And I was wearing two different Colored Converses um, My hair was really really short Like boy short um, And like I wore really dark makeup And I was really like bizarre um, And I guess That's why I got bullied Um I wouldn't doubt it. Uh, but she went to the principal's office one day and she was like, What what are you gonna do about my daughter getting bullied? And they were like they looked at me and they go they told me, What can I do to make you be like the other kids? Yeah. Um, Because then
2: they'll leave you alone, huh?
6: Yeah. And that was their that was their method. And my mom legit almost punched the principal in the face, but, um, and I was just like from a young age and up until now, I mean, I still, I'm like these other kids, you know, most 16 year olds are like you know, always on their phone talking about gossip and everything, and I'm sitting here, you know, thinking about what's going on in the world and what can I do as a single person to try and, you know, help out people that are in a tougher situation than me, and I help out, you know, other people. I guess it's just in my nature. And I just, I've never gone along with the crowd because I just think society is really, really messed up. And... (laughs) Everyone should have a say in who they get to be and who they want to be. And they stop supporting that after, you know, we grow up and we have responsibilities. They, I mean, in school they, they ask you, what do you want to be when you grow up? And, you know, we have all crazy, you know, answers. I want to be a ballerina. I want to be a princess. I want to be an astronaut, you know, et cetera. And then when we get older, they have they send us to college uh, for something that we don't want to be and they make us, you know, be something we're not. And I'm so glad that I have the voice that I have to just stand up and say no. Well because we're glad you I, have
3: that voice too, sweetie. Yeah, <laughs> you know,
6: because I don't I don't know what I'd do. You know, I wouldn't be the person I am now. I wouldn't have you know the the say so in my life that I do. You know it's just I'm so blessed with the fact I, that I stood up to all that.
3: And you won't have to go through the midlife crisis that some of us have had to go through to come to that <laughs> realization. Like really, I I know I crashed and burned real hard. I know Rick crashed and burned real hard. Real hard. Brian had to get his wife to tell him to quit his bloody job because he was miserable. Um.
2: You yeah, she, she look miserable, and you well, of course I'm miserable, what, what? Some, some, of,
3: some of us adults, we don't make very intelligent decisions when it comes to our old well-being and health. Well, um, but, but
2: you know, just a, a little word in favor of us poor, you know, old folks, um, is we were told by everybody, in, in all of the, quote, experts, unquote, that this is just how it is, and you better get used to it. And... And yeah,
1: yeah, that old Cold War mentality that yeah we were brought up with. You're you're right. Yeah, you have your part to play, and it and it gets harder when you you have a family and you're the provider and you you get trapped into the into the way of thinking that
4: everyone else
1: that's gone before you has followed because you have a. a a child to bring up, or you have this or that, but there there is a different way, and you just got to, you have to be smart about it, because, you know, you got to eat, but still, be a princess. I'd like to be, well, I don't want to be a princess, but I wouldn't mind
5: being a princess. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that
2: would, be, that would be good. Prince would be
5: okay. Well, that's one of yeah. the
2: things we encourage, I'm glad you said that, we encourage people to, you know, you say... Follow your passion. And you're like, oh, do I just quit my job? I'm single. I don't have any other means. And it's like, no. Do as much in the direction of your passion that you can from where you are with what you have. I mean, if drawing is your thing and you don't have the $700 easel and the $500 paint set,
5: look. It's okay.
3: You know what? Get a I pencil. A, I Get a pen. I used to paint on walls with leftover house paint that people donated to me. You know, you find a way. When, you, when it's time to create, you find a way to create. And you can look all over, you know, the Internet, thank goodness for technology, thank of heavens. people who are out there creating stuff out of nothing because they're driven to create. And they're not waiting around for somebody to give them the golden ticket to get on the right plane, to go to the right spot, to create something phenomenal with the right crew behind them and the right team to market and promote what they create. They just freaking paint on their wall.
1: Well, and here's another thing in the cyber world for that. Open source software. I use the heck out of open source software. Oh, my God. A publisher said that? Well, yeah. There's some, you know, it's it's not necessarily as good as the current versions of this or that or the other, but I get the same result, and I don't have to pay for it. So there are ways
3: which saves you money and saves your clients' money and your authors' there money you go. and your customers' money. And people need to recognize that. We've got all this free software out there, and everybody's like, oh, i got to buy the latest thing, this, the big hoo-ha. Come on, man. It's it's not that much improved over what we already have. We have it there for free. So why are we taking on this huge, massive expense to create something that's of equal value? It doesn't make sense. Yeah.
1: I mean, why buy my Microsoft Word when there's open office? Yeah, or... or just about the same product. Adobe
2: know. Photoshop when you've got uh, paint.net.
3: Yeah, exactly. Yeah, or, or Gimp. Yeah. Is a,
1: great, a great... is another great one. one. Um, yeah, so there there are alternatives out there. And, yeah, just do it. I, I I've got a, a friend of mine that I don't hope is not listening but I won't mention his name but he is so talented at what he does and but he won't take a step or two to do little things that well it, is this worth my time if I only make $20 at it well you know you start making enough $20 here and there and everywhere else and it starts okay. to add up but it starts with you got to take a chance to do it. So just get off your ass and do it. <laughs> is it. There's nothing else to say.
2: Yeah, write it, it down.
3: It pretty much sums it up. Get off your ass and uh, do
2: it. Paint it. Yeah. Whatever it is, do it. <clears throat> yeah,
3: absolutely.
2: So, yeah. You so, don't have anyway. to jump off a cliff and leave yourself with no dinner.
1: No. no. But you, you don't. You don't, can still yeah, do, do it. Yeah, don't suffer. I mean, you know, there's no reason to suffer for your art, I don't think. You know. Uh,
3: The day of the starving artist is long gone. We don't believe in that paradigm anymore. No. No, no.
1: I mean, you know, as as much anti-big company as I am, I'd love to be rich. I'd love for everybody I know to be rich.
6: I'd love for you to be rich, too.
1: (laughs) See, I know. See? Exactly. I mean.
2: To be rich, I don't see a problem with that, and I don't think that there's a limited pie to draw from. So why would that, it bother?
1: Well, and and that's that's what has to change. It's not the concept of the corporation itself that has to change. Corporations have to realize you got to dance with who brought you, and Amen. that's the best way for success.
2: Amen, Amen. brother. Amen.
1: I you know so. Well, I, like, I here- guess I'm. Just an old-school capitalist, but, you know, I'm we're comfortable like
2: this. with that. We're thinking about maybe uh, maybe some Everyday Connection television, maybe some films, maybe some YouTubes, maybe some this. And several people have asked, well, are you still going to do the radio show? You better yeah, believe yeah. it. You better believe it.
3: Because you've got to dance with the one who brung you. And that's been Rick's thing right from the beginning. And we're not going yeah. the radio show because that's, that's what got us here.
2: Yeah, you quit doing what got you there. You pro- you might fall down.
1: Yeah, exactly. That's I mean, you know, there there are reasons that we have the people in our, in our lives, and you know, I would love to be able to make everybody rich around me, and that's and that's really one of my goals too. Is why not? It doesn't hurt me to help somebody else out to achieve their goals. It doesn't diminish me to help somebody out to make some money. So, why not?
3: Absolutely not. And where do we have this preconceived notion that there's not enough to go around anyways? What's this idea of lack that we've all bought into? Well, if that guy has lots of money, then I can't. I, I think it was the me. guy
2: with lots of money that was scared <laughs> he was going to lose his money that taught us that one. Kind of like that guy with the one way.
3: It just doesn't make sense, you know. That, I mean, why does there have to be rich people and poor people on the planet? Why can't we all just be rich people?
2: Because really, when you come well, down to a lot of this just comes down to fear. And, it you know, scared I'm going to lose it, scared I'm not going to get it, scared there's not enough.
3: Scared somebody's going to shake it.
2: Scared they won't approve my publication.
3: Uh, I'm scared I, I, I'm not a worthy writer. We've all felt that one. Uh,
1: yeah, that's, that's the big one. That's a big one for me. I mean, with, with anything, it's like, holy crap, I'm putting this out to the world. What are they going to say? And I still have that in the back of my head. And yeah. Especially this next project I've got coming up. I really got that. But, you know, what else am I going to do? What do I care? What are they going to burn me an effigy and, you know, get the pitchforks and torches out and, and burn my house down? No. Yeah, I think we gave that up. but at least yeah, I I, you know. Hope
3: again.
1: <laughs> so, you know. What's the worst that's going to happen? Somebody's going to post something crappy about you on Facebook. Oh well, I can. Yeah, you know. That, that
2: would be tragic. Really? Huh? That's life ending. God
3: right? forbid yeah. somebody I've never met doesn't like what I do.
2: <laughs> yeah, See that would be. a... Sheds. Shit, half my that's
3: family right. doesn't appreciate what I do. So why should I care what a stranger says? Um, I think on that note. It's Time for another quick musical break. When we come back, I'm going to ask you all. It. I want to know how writing and authorship and your journey has changed your life. How has being a pen friend changed your life?
2: Yeah, it's an awesome question, and we'll get everybody's answer when we come back. Uh, what about some shadows of light and darkness? Does that sound good that to you? That sounds
1: appropriate.
2: Our our good friend and EC family member, Jolene at uh, Jolene World, world J-O-E-L-E-E-N, world.com, has uh, another philanthropic project around a song. What is it with these musicians wanting to help people? What is that? Ah, You've got to be crazy. And uh, so the song that it's based around is this beautiful piece of hers called Shadows of Light and Darkness. And we'll be back in about four minutes. Stay with us, folks. some fantastic stuff, too. We just have cool friends and family at Everyday Connection. They just come into our lives because we think they're going to, and that just sounds silly, doesn't it? That Surely that can't work, but what? it does. It works much better than... We tried to plan a whole thing about how we were going to do a whole bunch of stuff, and then that was going to be reason enough for us to be able to come to Costa Rica. And we didn't do any of that stuff because none of it was working out, And so, but we're here oh anyway. We're Rica! Uh, once, once we turned loose all that, it was like Costa Rica. That's no problem. We we'll send you. And
3: uh, I, I bet you all of our authors probably have that kind of same um, epiphany during some time during their writing experience. So I'm going to start with uh, Billy this time because I know Billy you worked all day. So we're going to get you to tell us how it changed your life. Then we're going to get you to share your info, and then we're going to cut you loose so you can go and rest. <laughs>
7: It's uh it's Friday night so it's pizza night here with all the neighborhood kids. We uh we take awesome. turns going from house to house and you know just make some uh dough from scratch and keep it simple and fresh and I bring home some vegetables from you know from the store and all the kids are in the other room right now rolling the dough making a mess. It's pretty funny.
4: Oh, that's <laughs> awesome. Funny. Well, so
2: tell us how how has the uh uh, writing experience changed your life, and uh, and then we want to be sure for our podcast listeners. I've been sharing your link in the chat room, but uh, for our dear podcast listeners, that uh, we pronounce out how they can find you and find your book.
7: Okay, well I can start with that. Just you know, in case anyone else has to cut out, um, you can find me um, on my. I have a website, uh, theBillyBestStory.com. And then uh, it's, you know, I'm I'm the kind of person that's out there. If you just Google my name, if you just type in Billy Best, you're going to find me. And it's all going to link right back to either my family or myself because we, you know, we still, after 18 years, we still um, get a lot of people calling looking for, um, you know, some help as far as, you know, diet or herbs or, you know, natural medicine. So Billy Best, the name of the book is com. And
2: um, you know, and I know for it, you can just go to Amazon and type in Billy Best,
7: oh, and yeah, you're yeah, top yeah, of the yeah. list, bro. Yeah,
2: <laughs>
3: there is yeah. no other to compare. So the writing,
7: I mean, the writing experience, the uh, the beginning of the writing experience, uh, it, you know, it changed my life by, uh, you know, I was able to actually say for the first time, I can't do it alone. It's not something that I can do by myself, and you know, to begin with, uh, my, with my co-writer, Linda, to to reach out and say, I can't do this by myself. I've tried and I've tried. You know, it's been a decade, and I've spent, you know, times in my life when I was waking up at 8 in the morning and, and putting in eight hours a day just, you know, make a job out of it, and I was not able to do it. Um, you know, and that it made me realize that's the importance of, um, you know, of a team and um you know and kind of uh figuring out what your strengths are and you know maybe there's someone else with a different set of strengths and it's it could be helpful to partner up with them um i've had success with that and it it took a lot of pressure off it i you know so for the first time i didn't have to do it all myself i could i could say this is too much for me and i need help and that was a great feeling and uh you know and that's transferred over into other aspects of my life and it's just really it's taken a lot of pressure off since uh, since the book has been done the writing experience has changed my life because again i you know i this um, you know something that was it felt like i was it was on my shoulders to you know to be out there and share this story with you know people one on one every time every day I'd come across people and just in conversation, they'd mention something about diet or something about um, health, and it would, you know, it just, it would, the conversation would turn into me telling my story, and then, you know, a half hour later, then this one person can understand my story from my perspective. And now to have the book done, I feel like, uh, you know, I'm allowed now to move on, um, you know, move on with, you know, what, where my life is going to bring me.
2: That's awesome, and 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 you're absolutely right. It's one of the best ways, I think, to multiply the uh, the effort. Because, come on, we can't even with the internet, you can't talk to everybody.
3: Yeah, <clears throat> and and I get that not being able to do it alone thing. Because that's where I was at when I found Brian, and that's where I was at when I found Rick, and that's where I was at when I found Gabriel and 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 Rosemary here at the Mango Tree. Um, you get to a certain point where you need more you need more family you need more help you need more support and um i think it's a, it's it's a testament to that idea of holding on to the faith and and believing that that it'll be there for you when you need it because it will come
2: absolutely and and letting go of that i have to do it myself or it's no good <laughs> that's just not that's just not true
3: Ooh, it's just not true you look shush, at bullshit. <laughs>
2: Well, you look at history, you look at so many places, it just doesn't get, you know.
3: Nah, there's never been a lone warrior.
2: It he, takes...
3: Come on, even Jesus had Mary and Mary, you know? And then
2: the 12 guys, 12 you know? And 12
3: disciples, mm-hmm. like, come on, this is... It, none you know, of us can do it alone.
2: King Arthur had to have the Knights of the Round Table. You can't... Yeah. You, nobody can do... But Absolutely. stepping out, you know, at the same time, stepping out and saying, look, I want to do this. And then being open that if you can't accomplish it and some, and it, because the help comes. And if you're focused on, I must do it myself, you won't see it. And it'll go right by you. Whee! And uh, uh, we've had a lot of help along the way. Mm-hmm. And Absolutely.
3: Um, too many to name, too oh. many to name. I hope someday to write a list. And, yeah. You know, it'll feel feel probably a chapter <laughs> <Yeah>. of <on> names.
2: <laughs> but listen, we really appreciate you spending spending time with us this evening, Billy. You get off work, you come home, you want to relax. You you gave your time to us. That's just such a blessing and
3: totally awesome. We're gonna have to get you back on the show just for that that Billy Best special, so that we can get you to tell the whole story the way it needs to be told.
2: Yeah, because it is it is an inspiring story, and it's is, it's is doubly inspiring to me that you're now willing to share the. Yeah. The raw truth of it because uh, you know, the the truth is usually a little raw. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know? yeah.
3: I can attest to that, absolutely. So thank you, Billy, very much. Um we'll we'll quick jump over to Amy real quick and we'll get you to tell us, honey, how uh how writing has has changed your life and um we'd love to tell people where to find you, so we'll just direct them to Grave Distractions publications in a couple of years. <laughs> Yeah, yeah.
4: <laughs>
2: well, I, mean, I doubt it'll take that long. <clears throat> but uh, but how, has that it, long, how has it changed your life?
6: Um, well, from... Oh, man, that's, that's, that's a big question, too. Oh, uh, oh, man, trying to put it into words because I've never done that before. uh. Um, <laughs> uh, how it changed my life—it's—it just made me so open and so willing to put myself out there because I mean I really don't like people um, and <laughs> I'm <laughs> I'm a pretty you know antisocial person and I wasn't you know before you know, I got really, really open, I was, you know, I was really shut off, and I just didn't really want to associate myself with people, because I always just never really had it in me to, or thought about how I could, you know, help somebody, like, my situation, because when you're in those kinds of situations, you're like, dang, you know, my, my situation's pretty, you know, crappy, and I don't think anybody else could go through this, but, that wasn't the case, and I found that out, and it gave me that sense of, um, the pride and accomplishment, um, writing down, you know, my thoughts and stuff, and, you know, just, like, how Billy started out, I started out in journals, too, and writing down my thoughts and writing down the events of my life, and, I mean, I'm still working on that book, and I probably won't be done until, like you know, before I die, but it's writing down the events of my life and just writing the Alice in Wonderland story that I did, um, it just gives me that uh, that sense of pride in myself and I I didn't get that much. Um, I was always told that I wasn't going to succeed in the goals that I had in my life, and it just proved... In my mind, it proved those people wrong. Um, and it made yeah,
2: me happy. Yeah, p- pish Tosh on that. Pish, piss, poofle.
6: Yeah. On anybody
2: <laughs> who says that. That's it, all. A piffle poofle.
3: A, just put something on the old back and telling you a piffle. I'm going to try and get him in a skirt next.
2: No, nay. nay. <laughs> None of that. But um, I, I do want to sort of point out that. All these tremendous benefits, gains, and, and, and blessings that you've gotten for writing, to the writing. really, you've not really...
3: You yeah, haven't published it yet.
2: Yeah. Yeah. And so write it down, people. Paint it. Write it down. Once again, we say, Brian says it best, just do it. Not to steal anybody's corporate slogans or anything. Disclaimers to follow.
6: <laughs> I mean, it's... It it gave me that sense of accomplishment And it made me happy And I didn't really I wasn't happy in those situations But you know Now that I look back on it And I read some of it I mean I don't read through all of it Because it's a little bit of a bore to me Because I wrote it But um, it it makes me happy Seeing that I could Be a, a bigger person in it And just I watched myself unfold in maturity, and it just, it it makes me so happy to see how I got from that point to this point to the pieces I'm writing now and the poetry that I'm writing now from what I did back then, and I just, I I love it, and it's, it changed, it changed the way I looked on my life, and, because I thought it would never get better, but when I started writing I knew it was going to get better I had that sense of hope that you know everything would work out in the end for me and I would be able to you know be an author and be you know an artist and musician and art um, and just be me because that's, that's what I love to do most is be me because there's no one out there that can
3: I'm gonna put that soundbite in a video, guaranteed.
2: Because that's just that's where it's at. I'm telling you. Uh-huh. And yeah,
3: absolutely. And don't
2: let people, you know,
3: tell you any different.
2: Everybody out there, don't let people pigeonhole you. Go, yeah, you, you know, no, you. What are you? You're a writer, an artist, or a musician. You gotta pick one. Why?
6: No, I don't. I'm all three. Leave me alone. Today, I'm, i And everyone, everyone has their, their their kinks, and everybody has their faults. And society telling you that you can't be you. You have to be this image that they have brought up of perfection. Nobody is perfect. Nobody can live up to that. And it is so sad to me watching the teens and adults that try to follow that perfection, that vision, um, the curvy girls looking at skinny girls in magazines and going, damn, I wish I had that figure. I I will live and love the day that we just stop that image that that just it, it kills me <laughs> because I am so independent and I am so happy to be who I am. And that's writing, I really, really hope, putting that out there, putting myself out there as a person that can be independent and can be who I am without being ashamed, whether I am – Lesbian, gay, transvestite um, An artist A musician struggling To get my feet up on the ground That I I really Hope that changes somebody's View on themselves to where they can go Look in the mirror and say that they're Beautiful or they're handsome Or they can look in the mirror and be Happy with themselves And not follow that vision of perfection And realize that it's bullshit So Wow! I, yeah.
2: Wow, you get you're you're about to get a whole video to yourself. If you keep this up.
3: <laughs> Such wisdom
2: from somebody sixteen oh, years old.
3: Sixteen years old. Yes, that's right. You heard it here on EC. Some of our guests are that young, and they're also that talented and that wise. Look out, folks! This next generation is gonna kick your ass if you don't get your head out of it.
6: I just, I, I hope it changes somebody, you know, it's just, society is so messed up, and I really, really hope more people can, you know, have that sense of life, and sense of hope that I do, because I've, I had to have it, like, if I didn't have it, I wouldn't, I wouldn't live right now, because if I didn't have that hope, I would have, I would have lost it a long time ago. I would have lost myself, and if I would have listened to society and dressed all prim and proper and was a lady and did, you know, adequate and sticking my pinky out when I did, you know, teapot drinking, I don't, <laughs> <laughs>
2: Right? That wasn't- I wouldn't be
6: crazy. You turn around and
2: find yourself having the midlife crisis when you realize that, you know. Exactly. Yeah, well, of course I'm miserable. Everybody's miserable. What's the big deal? Well, you don't have to be, folks. You don't have to be. (laughs) You can be who you are because in there is your best happiness.
3: And it's also your biggest gift to the world. Let's face it, folks. It's when people stand on their truth of their being and when they start expressing who they are, who they are inside. And they give that to the world, and they offer that to the world. That's the best gift you can give anybody. Um, Amy, love, I'm so proud of you. I just, I don't have words, but you know it. We've talked about it. And I'm so glad you called in tonight. That was a total surprise for me. I didn't know you were coming. But what a, a grand contribution to tonight's show. We've got publishers. We've got accomplished authors we've got up and coming authors and um I, I can't think of a better way to do this show so we're going to cut you loose baby girl um thank okay. you for all that you do all that you be and uh we'll uh look out for her in the future folks because she's coming to get you love you yeah, things, yeah. Guys.
2: and and come next wednesday i'm coming and i give you a big hug
4: yeah absolutely Yay! big hug for me Molly and a big you too year.
2: Your second Mama Jean over here. Yes, give Molly a big hug for me. We we let her know there's a couple dogs here keeping us company. They're doing a fine job. Yay. But I do miss her little face. I do. All right, <laughs> uh, thanks for calling, Angel. And uh no we'll see you soon, okay? Love ya.
3: Okay, bye. And then of course we're we're back to the gentleman who started it all. And um so Brian, I, I know how you've changed you doing what you do has changed my life (laughs) but how has you doing what you do changed your life
1: well first of all i really respect what amy was just saying and one component of that kept coming through to me is it's not a bad thing to be selfish about your talent sometimes meaning that Bask in your accolades. Bask in what you've created. It doesn't diminish somebody else by you achieving something. And that is such an awesome thing for her to realize so young. And I, I, it's just great. Uh, I, she's She is going to take on the world. And I oh, love yeah. that. But writing has it, it's made me happy. It's given me a vehicle that I can find in everyday happiness, which I never, I didn't have before. Um, Or writing and publishing, I guess. Um, You know, I don't wake up dreading to go to work. I don't wake up in the middle of the night thinking, oh my God, you know, I've screwed this up and I'm going to get yelled at. I will probably live a lot longer than I was destined to in my other life, in my path now <clears throat> and i I get a satisfaction a personal satisfaction out of just finding something out in the in my next book, which I hate I can't talk about as much, I got some documents from a government agency that Confirmed a theory that I'd had for a number of years. And that just that moment of knowing that I was right about something that will sound so asinine to the world once it's presented is like nothing else in the universe. And I had that brief moment where I just about crapped myself. Well, not literally, but... Emotionally yeah. speaking, right. And, and I, well, I don't want to th- everybody to think I've got comments issues, which I don't. But anyway, <laughs> <laughs> you know, <clears throat> I'm out there, but I'm not quite out, that out there with Overshare. But anyway, but the other thing that that one moment showed me once again that is in the whole writing process for me, which once again, since i I focused on non-fiction to this point, is the entire research angle of it and the writing end of it. The whole enchilada was about 30 seconds after I was basking in my own glory for that little bit was that I had to share it. And the first person I shared it with, of course, was Laura. And she was the first person I wanted to share it with. Of course. Of course. But of course. once again, it it makes up the whole of my life that I'm doing something that that's brought me probably the greatest happiness, intellectually speaking, that I've ever had. Other than, you know, events like the birth of my son or getting married or, you know, the the stock events, but just something that is just totally my own. And that I have somebody to share it with.
0: The realization
1: of that, and you know the very physical aspect of that act—that's a life changer in and of itself. And being able to share the, you know what, I was right with the rest of the world is going to be awesome too.
3: Yeah. <laughs> so. I mean,
1: yeah, I mean, it, it, it's the ultimate F you to those detractors out there. That, oh, you know God. what? I'm so yeah. glad
3: you're my publisher, brother. That's all I can well, say. Yeah, it's honor yeah. and a privilege.
1: Well,
4: thank Absolutely. You.
1: But it is. Success is the greatest up yours to those that that would say, what? You're doing what? Absolutely. Well, guess what? I did it. And Absolutely. You're you're stuck, and I'm not. So that's what writing's given me is the the, the proverbial new lease on life, and being thankful for what I've already got.
3: You're hey, so man. you're so awesome, Brian. I'm so grateful to have you in my life. I'm so grateful to have you as a publisher because you you really do stand for everything that I stand for, and that's. That's, that to me is a really beautiful and meaningful thing. So, um, can you just tell our podcast listeners who they're legions by now? And um, again, okay. I guess that's the up yours to those of those. Yeah, of those, our those uh, of network folks
2: that, uh, you know, that told turned
3: me. us down because we were not professional, not professional enough. <laughs> um, so, uh, <clears> up yours to them because our, our podcast listeners are legion and growing daily. Um, Brian, where can our podcast listeners find you and your work
1: well one little side note too you know i wear a spider-man shirt and a pair of khaki pants or shorts to work every day so screw professional anyway
3: hey brother i'm wearing a a sundress, a bathing suit baseball cap and i was wearing sunglasses for the longest time and i'm sipping on a glass of half red wine half water so that's right screw professional i had
1: I haven't worn a tie in years, so you know at least I'm more comfortable at it if I'm not quite as professional.
3: <laughs> but anyway,
1: <clears throat> pardon me. Um, everybody can find me on the web at GraveDistractions dot com. We have a ton of authors, and go to the uh, click on the author page, and just check out some of our books and some of the the accomplishments that our authors have made. Um, gosh, you can't swing a dead cat without finding hopefully something about Grave Distractions or our authors on the web. Um our books are on Amazon, Barnes and Noble, we're in ebook formats at both places in the iBook Store and uh Kobo Books, so we're everywhere. Uh knock on wood. Um uh, but you know, check it out. Drop me an email at Brian at grave dot com. Or I've got a, a phone number on the website, uh, so you know, give me a ring. Uh, if you've got an idea for a book, write it. If you've got a book, tell me about it. Uh, if you just need a little help along the way getting those final hurdles to to do it yourself, we can do that too. Yeah, so, I mean,
3: if you need a boost to your your confidence, there's Laura. Oh
1: yeah, <laughs> you,
3: yeah. You one is there. like
1: Lu- Lucy and Peanuts with the psychiatry sign, except she does it for for free and so for five cents.
4: Yeah, but
1: she is awesome. Uh, couldn't have done any of this without her. And you know, once again, it there's there's that individual component that you've got to be comfortable enough in your own skin to do what you want to do. But then there's kind of the bridge be- between Billy and Amy. Uh, that it does take a team to get you there. But you got to believe it in what you've got going on before you can get anybody else around you to buy into it. And that's the hard part, is slaying the personal demons, tilting at the windmills you've got to tilt at, and getting over all that crap and just do it. Just get off your ass and do it. So. Amen, brother.
3: Best sound bite ever. Get off your ass and do it. Yeah. That's
1: it. Yeah. yeah. Turn off the t- turn off the TV. Get off Facebook. Just do it. There's nothing get a pen, else.
2: Get a typewriter. Get a computer. Get a word processor.
1: Get yeah, open office. Hey, well, yeah, whatever it
2: is.
4: Whatever it just is, what, it. What works for you. Do it. Yeah.
2: Paint it.
1: Sing it. Something.
4: Absolutely. Something. Yeah.
1: You know, and and yeah, you know, and if you, you know, and here's the other thing too. If your passion, you figure out that you're not that great at it to begin with. Well, you know, I don't think Jackie Robinson started out being a great baseball player. I don't think Kurt Vonnegut's first thing he ever wrote was probably that great at all. So get better at it by doing it more and figuring out, oh, if I failed this way, what do I need to change to make it better? To make it what I need it to either be marketable or to be successful or to be presentable or whatever the hurdle is. But you know, just doing it once and saying, oh well I didn't it didn't work out. No. Keep going back to the well. You got it, and you'll, you'll get better until Absolutely. you get to the point where you it need comes. to get to. Don't okay, give honest. up. No, don't.
2: don't I think I think yeah, we, I, mean, I think we had two listeners for our first show, and I think that they were both related to us.
4: That's <laughs> mm. had some yeah. three
2: thousand a week.
1: Yeah, and growing
2: and growing, by. You know, well,
1: yeah, and that, and that's the thing. And Laura and I were talking during the break about the, the friend that I mentioned. And this particular person is looking for big wins all the time. Well, you know, once again, home runs are great. But I will take consistently getting a base hit because all those little victories add up to one big victory. And, you know, you don't have to... Do an album that, that wins a Grammy the first time out. Do a lot of little albums, and you might sell more than Prince. You know, once again, it's it's the small things that we do that add up. And bask in those victories and those glories that you've got for the little things, and it will be so much easier along the way. And you'll do it, whatever it is.
3: Again, I got to say I'm I'm just so grateful that you're my publisher. I really am Thank because you. it's not it's not just that you were there when you, I was needed. It's it's just what you represent. I think the world needs more of you and I'm lucky. I'm lucky to be one of I'm dogs. I'm blessed just to know you.
1: Yeah. Absolutely. Well, gosh, guys, I I appreciate that more than I I can say. And I'm it's it, it's a wonderful thing to to know, have you guys in my life, too. I mean, w- once again, the the more pe- good people you have around you that share a, a common vision, the easier it is. Absolutely.
3: And, Amen. Yeah. Absolutely. And on that note, make sure that you give my love to Laura. Tell her that I have appreciated every single, I don't know, just kind, words, kind phone word phone call
4: this
2: that note email yeah.
3: note that she sent facebook y- comment y- whatever it is that she sent along the way to to encourage me and to not let I, me fall yeah. um let her know that i haven't always written back to say thank you but then sometimes i've been a little too sick to do that but That's i've all noticed right. i've seen and it it has helped me to keep going, so um,
1: she, she she just heard all that, so
3: <laughs> you just
1: awesome. I don't have I don't have to to relay it. She's sitting over here, smiling and nodding her head and waving and such. So yeah, she knows.
3: That's awesome. Well, it's like my parents may be gone, but I have I have two others sitting over there at Graves Distractions. I got them on if I need them.
4: Right. <laughs> yep. you sure do.
3: Absolutely. You sure do? All
2: right. All right. So all right. listen, everybody, go see them. It's it's really simple. It's grave distractions. That's G R A V E distractions. Not going to spell distractions. If you can't spell it, come to our website at everydayconnection.me. We'll have all the links up <laughs> within a day or two. We're we're not as fast with the posts from here because
3: well, uh, we're in Costa Rica. We're in. The,
2: well, we're in the middle of the rainforest. It's, it's, give us a little time, <laughs> with <would> you? <sighs> but. Um, but thankfully, with the miracle technology, we get to share with all of y'all and get to have all of y'all down here with us in a way. So absolutely,
3: and and, and awesome. a lot of tonight's show was filmed, so I'm sure that Gabriel's going to have that cut and edited and up soon. So uh, keep your eyes open for that too, guys. Great, uh, wow, Brian, thank you so much, oh, so much. Thanks
1: for having me on, guys. I
3: appreciate
1: uh, it's it. It was a pleasure. Well, listen, have a great. You all love to
4: uh,
2: talk. Anyway, <laughs> <laughs> you you're talking to the talker over here. But yeah. um um definitely uh everybody going to go check that out and listen have a great weekend and um you know if you're not doing anything tomorrow afternoon you stop on by. We're going to have some more shows, some more Yeah. Time.
5: Costa so, Rica.
2: Right. Vida, Vida, And we're going to talk about that in just a minute. But again, thank you for sharing your time, yourself and your heart with all of us.
1: Any time, guys, just give me a holler and let me know, and I'll be there.
3: Absolutely. Awesome. Honor and a privilege. Thank you, sweetie. I love you guys. All right. All right. Well,
2: pura vida every day, what?
3: Pura vida every day. Pura vida. By the way, before we get the preview, I go to gravedistractions. dot com, you can also find the book, which is the collaboration that we talked about tonight. You can find my first novel, Truth, which was one of the first books that Grave Distractions ever published. You can find Going Home to Heaven, which is the second book that I published. And um, yeah, so if if you want to know how writing changed my life, it saved it. And if you you want to know how, then you need to go. Grave Distractions Publications and pick up those books because the stories in there. I haven't held anything back. Um, yeah, they're written as fiction, but that's just because there's a lot of people out there who, who might read them and go, that couldn't have possibly happened. So I leave it, leave it up to the reader. Um, if you believe it, then I guess it's true. And if you don't, well, my story, not yours.
2: Yeah. <laughs> not, not my problem.
3: Not my problem.
2: <clears throat> so,
3: Vida. Definitely
2: do, and 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 where can they find you, Miss oh. Jane?
3: Yes, well, Phoenix has risen. No, she's still rising. Always rising, never risen. Uh, that would be phoenixrising.blogspot.com, and it's F E E N X R I S I N G com. You can see my art. It's available there. You can see all the books that I've published. They're available there. You can see videos that I've done, YouTube videos. There's a link, of course, there to Everyday Connection, um, the radio show. And, um, you know, just have fun searching the blog site. I I haven't written a lot lately, but that's okay because I do a radio show. At, at
2: least twice a week. At least twice a week, sometimes four times.
3: All, I talking all the time, I don't know time am to write. Um, but keep your eyes on that site because, um, you know what, there's more to come. There was one book that is published not yet through Grave Distractions Publications. It was put out as a uh, raw format. Raw That's manuscript. Raw manuscript, not edited on Amazon.com for 99 cents. It's called Crashing Back to Earth. It's on my own personal journey to wellness. Um, and uh, you know what? If uh, it helps you get better by default, it's not my fault. But it wasn't written for that. It was written to get me better. Um, and uh, so you can check that out as well. And look for it also coming soon, hopefully, through Grave Distractions Publications. The uh, edited print version will hopefully be available within the year through Grave Distractions Publications. I just got to get some downtime long enough to- <laughs>
2: Long enough to get it done. We're gonna we gotta give her a little break from the radio show, but we're not gonna do ew, that. But we might cut happen. back down to two a week, you know, because we're
6: yeah. Tuesday
2: Thursday is gonna keep going for as long as we can think about it, and uh, and and for as long as you guys keep coming. Absolutely. Because it's uh, it's just been an amazing journey, and it's just getting better. And Absolutely. And so get up and get, get up and do it. Get up and get on your own journey, and and then we'll have you on the show. You can come tell us about it.
3: Absolutely, and
2: uh, we're we're going to have some awesome telling uh, on that show tomorrow. Uh, not to keep changing the subject, but you know we do that. Um, we're we're getting down to less than half an hour left, and and when we do these three hour shows, that's our absolute limit. And and blog talk will hang up on us.
3: So we and, want to make sure you get all the information before we get
2: booted. But well, besides, I just hate it when I get hung up on, particularly if I get hung up on by a computer. That's just rude. Yeah. But um, pura vida is a well, it's probably the most commonly heard phrase in Costa Rica. That and uh, mucho gusto, but pura vida pretty much encapsulates it all. Uh, you can uh, We'll give you a much fuller meaning of it uh, on the show tomorrow, and there's some of it on the descrip- description of the show. Uh, but urbandictionary.com defines it as a synonym for Hakuna Matata.
3: And we all know what that means. Come on.
2: I don't, but it's okay. No, I've heard a song or something. There was a movie, I think. Hmm? But, what?
3: You don't know what a Matata means? I know what it means, uh, yeah, sort of. Yeah, but yeah, 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 yeah. If,
2: it, if it means Pura Vida, I know what it means.
3: All right, so what does it mean?
2: Well, I mean, Pura but, Vida is...
3: Tune into the show tomorrow to find out. That's right. We're leaving you with a cliffhanger. Uh We've got some excellent guests coming tomorrow. We've got our host, um, Rosemary... McGregor, who was uh, generous enough to not only put us up here at the TheMangoTreeSpa.com, but has cooked us so far three absolutely incredible meals, including tonight's dinner that we managed to eat while we were doing the show. Imagine that. Yeah, not very professional, we know. But it was absolutely delicious. And if you come to visit her, she might feed you some delicious food, too. She is an absolute gem and she and horse her spit <laughs> getting late. And her spa can be found at themangotreespa.com. Check it out. It'll blow your mind. I'm telling you, if you want to get away from it all and still feel like you're in it all, this is definitely the place to come.
2: Then Benica,
3: yeah, absolutely. come on down.
2: We, won't, we may not still be here at that point, but I, I bet you this won't be the last time we cross this threshold. <laughs> I
3: doubt it. And we've also got with us tomorrow night um, somebody that we'll probably be hearing a lot more of, um, Gabriel Cavazos is going to be joining us as well to talk about some of his eco sustainable projects here in Costa Rica. And we might have a few surprise guests coming tomorrow night. We'll have to let you we're, tune in. Uh, we're
2: working on that. And, uh, well, it, uh, our our producers are working on that. And, uh, oh, yeah, again, we got people. Yeah, we, we got peeps. And um, That's uh, weird. again, <laughs> well, uh, oh, dang, we got dogs too. Did we uh, do that? And so I guess that would be a good time for us to uh, perhaps sign off and good night. Uh, say good night. And uh, uh, we hope you'll join us again tomorrow. Uh, we'll have two and a half, three hours of fun and uh, and perhaps less barking. I don't know. It's a, it'll, be, it'll be an hour earlier than this show. So, yeah. Anyway, uh, we really appreciate you being with us and uh, join us again tomorrow. But until then...
3: To our mother, to each other, and especially to yourselves, and maybe to the dogs, too. Stay connected.
2: Good night, everybody. We hope you'll join us again next time. Until then, visit our website at everydayconnection.me. And please like our Facebook page at facebook.com forward slash everydayconnection. Think you might miss an episode? No problem. Subscribe to our show on iTunes by searching for Everyday Connection Radio. Subscriptions are free, just like your Everyday Connection.